How am I sounding? Am I sounding good? How do I sound? Nice? Do you I sound, you sound like yourself? Excellent. Okay. Terrible. All right. Happy April showers. At least that's what it's like here at Hell Kitty Studios. I'm Ian Boothby. They bring Mayflowers and also David Edrick. Hi, everyone. And what do Mayflowers bring? Mayflowers bring pilgrims. Hooray! <laughs> so watch out because they uh, those guys cause some they're, troubles. They're coming to be ideological. Mm-hmm. And so are we because we like present our ideas to we present uh, our ideas to you. Yeah, with a gentle wordplay that doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> See, it's fun except for people who don't like puns who are like oh. laying on the ground groaning, groaning like my boss. Oh, still your boss? Nah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> uh, I don't know. I might be still working for the Simpsons. I think I am. It's one of those where uh, yeah, I think we're still dating okay. me and whatever. You oh. know, I I just I I have a comic coming out this week, mm, okay. so let's go with that. Sure. Uh, but what I do have coming out is uh, the first issue of Mad Magazine is coming out. Actually, here's the here's what went on. I'll tell you, Dave. Oh, let me this let me is fill you behind in. Behind the scenes, it's actually in front of the this scenes. Is inside baseball. No, no, it's outside baseball. And oh, that's the outside, problem. It's outside baseball. Um, they delivered. Uh, it's raining outside. I believe it was the seventeenth when the first issue is supposed to come out. They delivered it one week early by mistake to comic stores. Oh, really? So Matt sent uh, letters, uh, like an email to all the comic stores, going, "If you could not sell it, that'd be great." So uh, hopefully most of them are honoring that. But they uh, accidentally got it into shops one week early. I noticed that when people were showing their displays of comics. I'm like, well, what's Mad doing there? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm in the first issue of Mad doing a, a parody of a thing. Uh, so um, give Par- it a give it a read if you can. Parody of a thing with the artist Tom Richmond. Yes. Who I think is a very good Mad style artist. Who's been doing it since, uh, I think, uh, like late 90s or something. He's been doing a long while. time, yeah. He's sort of... T- took over the style of your Angelo Torres and your Mert Drucker. Okay, I, I could see a bit of Drucker in there, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with Torres. Torres kind of was your your second Mert Drucker. So if Mert Drucker wasn't going to do the, the movie parody, then Angelo Torres would, would step in. Mm-hmm. I believe that was his name anyway. I could be wrong. And please correct me in a gentle manner. And I, uh, I, I enjoy the old uh, mad parodies. I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But my God, that's a lot of text. Oh, boy. There's just a bit of me that just goes, ah! You know, as a writer, like now the, uh, or then, 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 yeah, you know, just me. like when it would be like a parody of whatever it is. And it's yeah. like, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I blah, 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 blah. But I also blah, blah, blah. You might think I'm duh, but I'm the opposite of duh. Yeah. And blah, 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 da, 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 da. And it's like, oh, my God, that's a lot of text. <laughs> and just as like uh, one of the first lessons I ever learned, like doing comics was like, don't text it up too much, man. Yeah. Pull, pull, pull it back. Don't be EC Comics uh, psychiatry. You mm. know, just like take it, take it, take it back a bit. It, it <sighs> stops the comedic flow. Good old Jack Kamen. But uh, they did a good job, and people loved it. So who am I to say? Yeah. Will we ever I mean, sell as much as the Poseidon Adventure issue? No, probably not. So again, shut up my face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually, uh, as a as a little boy reader, I loved the dense. Uh, denseness of those magazines. I really appreciate it. You got it. a lot out of it. Took and I think some nice time. That's read. right. You could certainly while away a summer day. And, you know, if you cared to read those very text heavy, like bro- fake brochures for summer camps and such things, they actually were quite funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of kids kind of went through, you know, kind of quickly flipped past all this stuff just to get to the next Don Martin or, or whatever you, you know, the bird's eye view. Uh, or, or what if comic strips were realistic? Uh, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yep. Yeah, just little things like that, you know, with Paul Coker Jr., those kind of very appealing draw- drawings of kids. So when did the density of the 
text show up because when I'm saying this, like yeah. if you're looking at like a like it's a true grit parody, mm-hmm. uh, and then you get like enormous huge blocks of text. Yeah. Uh, so if that's did... being drawn by a Mort Drucker mm-hmm. uh, back in that, when did when did that huge blocks of text start? Because when yeah. you read the original Mad when it was comic book size, yeah. Yeah. Harvey Kurtzman style, sure that wasn't that wasn't you know it was a little wordy, but it wasn't that kind of big mm-hmm. block. Uh, well, Super Duper Man is not that huge amount of text. Let's point the finger where it belongs, and I think that would be L. Feldstein, who already brought huge blocks of text to the comics, if like in Vault of Horror and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you know that those sort of very overly written stories were already part of like the EC tradition. You know, if you read those horror stories, you're, you can pretty much ignore huge amounts of it because it's really just repeating what you're already seeing. Yeah, that's true. And so. Uh, it almost as if it came out more out of newspaper strips than it came out of comic strips. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kurtzman really did, it's kind of, you know, his style, yeah, is really more of the modern style of comics than what EC were doing, you know. Like, for one thing, he got rid of that horrible, what's it called, the Bende lettering or whatever, where mm-hmm. they do the they do the stencil stencil lettering. He brought it, you know, he actually brought people in who could do comic book could style. Could look more organic. Yeah, yeah. yeah better flow mm-hmm. yeah the ec lettering always was a bit uh, a bit jarring for me mm-hmm. i just wonder like when uh, mort drucker is drawing a parody again i'm going to go back to true grit because i can't think of anything else right now uh <laughs> and I, re- I remember that first okay the godfather so you're drawing the first scene which is like all the family members and they're all saying their piece yes do you then really fill in all the background knowing that it's going to be covered over with this enormous mm-hmm. brick of a word balloon at some point <laughs> yeah. uh do you do you know generally where those are going to be and so you just go look i don't even have to draw that bit yeah, that'd be ridiculous yeah. for me to do so and it's gonna it's gonna be physically pasted over by the word balloon so what do you what do you do do you do you do the work or do you go meh it's fine i think well but i mean you could ask the same thing about a, a jack kirby who was going to have a bunch of word balloons pasted onto his artwork as well mm-hmm. and i think both of them probably just drew what was there because they didn't know where the word balloons exactly yeah were but jack kirby up. wasn't uh, a very realistic backgrounder mm-hmm. i'm talking like a more yeah, drucker think... the backgrounds of the western town in a true grit mm-hmm. they're actually there's fences the, there's horses the one, do you the... draw the extra horses in the background yeah. or do you just go yeah. forget it i don't need to fill that in no i think they're i think he did the whole thing oh Okay. But I mean, when you look at those, I mean, the splash panels detailed, but after that, it gets pretty, pretty uh, sparse, sparsely. Mm-hmm. Then it's a talking heads for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you throw a lot of work into that one panel. The, uh, the splash panel. The type of thing we were doing, uh, doing the style of, and I don't want to say what it is, uh, was more action packed mm-hmm. in, uh, in what we were doing. It yeah. wasn't the talking yeah. heads kind of mad thing. It was a sure, lot sure. of wah, bling, ball. <laughs> and it's not Don Martin either, mm-hmm. who is very rodding, Kirschblank. Yeah. Kirschblank. Well, and as I've mentioned before, Don, uh, Don Martin, sorry, Don King. Don King never wrote for uh, Mad. <laughs> was in Mad probably a couple of times. Uh, but Don Martin's work still makes me nauseous to this day. Because of the sound effects? I get physically ill. I don't know. It's always gross-out jokes like putting a finger up the nose and just pulling out a huge booger. And it's just really <laughs> disgusting to me. Like, it's just really, really gross-out. Mm. Like, his vomit, how he draws vomit, is just, like, physically sickening to me. Wow. Uh, but I find I find him funny. I, yeah. I just find him repulsive. And the way he draws his feet with the bent toes, I don't know why. That just, like, really is, that right? is off-putting to me. Then yeah. you'll you'll be happy to learn that I have a, a two-volume slipped-cased, uh, like, huge, like hardcover like 12 maybe more 14 inch high two hardcover bound books of all his drawings from mad magazine uh-huh. including all his color uh like when he did like you know the beatles um 
portraits and stuff like that that were given away with the super specials. Mm -hmm. It has everything. Every every little jot that he did. That's good. Uh, whoever kept all those records, like I guess they they just had the magazine. They kept and all stuff, the yeah. they kept all the art. Yeah. Like that was part of the controversy later on was that that um, Bill Gaines kept all the artwork. Like none of the artwork was returned to the artists. But at the same time, Bill Gaines didn't sell the artwork; he just kept it. Mm -hmm. So he just had a he had an enormous record of of all the art that went into. Mad so Magazine. where is it now? I have no idea. Probably somewhere in the in the stomach of Warner Brothers, who who bought Mad Magazine hmm. from. from uh, That's the same situation with all the art from from Simpsons comics. Is uh, Fox has it all? Mm. Yeah, well, I guess they own the. They own the characters. Yes, so. they do. So uh, no matter what's drawn, whoop, off it goes. Yeah. So they have uh, an enormous amount of uh, art from all the years of, of that. But I, I guess the positive of that is is that all that art is in a, I assume in a safe place, not just piled up in a cabinet. Yeah, not making the artist <laughs> money. Yeah, that's good. Good for them. I guess yeah. it's it made the artist money. But at the same time, I mean, the artist could make, I guess, a little bit more money. But then you end up with this problem of, you know, and, and sometime in the future, let's say someone wanted to reproduce all those. Mm -hmm. You know, they have access to, it's not like, like if someone wants to do like, you know, the complete Rip Kirby, it's really hard to do because so much of the art is scattered. You want to go the, from the original art? Yeah, and it's scattered to the four winds now. So you have to like, you know, send out and make contacts with, you know, various people who, who know the collectors and things of like that in order to, to go back in and get scans of all, all you know, nice scans of all, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So you can present it so it doesn't look like garbage on, on, in a book. You know, if you're going to be showing, you know, that beautiful Alex Raymond art, you want it to look really nice, not like photostats that the paper kept just just to have on hand. You know. Well, it feels like I mean, I know all the uh, all the fantastic. But yes, it would be nice for the artist. To yeah, I mean, all the Fantastic Four uh, issues have been reprinted and re-reprinted and re-re-reprinted, and mm -hmm. I know that art, you know, ended a lot of that art ended up out and about, so they were mm -hmm. able to pull it off somehow. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. They probably had better photo stats, or you know that they they kept better. And I'm, didn't they keep all the Kirby art also? So really, they had yeah, had they to yeah, had time. him sign his uh, checks and uh, sign off the art to them. Uh, Everyone did that. With a little yeah. bit of yeah, but pretty terrible, pretty uh, pretty stinky. stinky. It's interesting that like uh, my wife has uh, or you know has has her why the last man art, but it's this real weird window where uh, you know artists got to keep their art mm. before now, which is it's all digital anyway, so there is no art. Yeah, for yeah. the most part, you yeah. know, some people do. Traditionalists still do it, but. If you've got like a real heavy deadline, I can't see anyone doing it old school uh, on a on a Bristol board, getting your uh, getting your latest Spider-Man out there. No, you're right. Those days are done. Those days are over with. I mean, I guess yeah. I guess people who do that they make their money doing sketches, and not and not from their original art. I wonder if someone like a, like a Dan Klaus or a Peter Baggy, if uh, if if they're still Bristol boarding it, or if they're uh, have they made the step over to digital? Because they seem old-timey blokes, yeah, yeah. you know? It's hard to imagine them listening to their 1930s jazz music, drawing on a, a Cintiq. Like an Adrian Tomine. Now, that's an interesting... Because like, you're like, that yeah. guy seems old-timey yeah. at heart, and yet yeah. he's a young person. So which way does he go? Well, does he do the... He's, around our, he's not young. He's around our age. Yeah, we're young. <laughs> you say so. You, you know what? You, you do uh, physical things in the day, right? Yeah. You're a physical person. Sure. You're young then. That's a thing. I did. I did get. I did get one of my favorite expressions from someone, which is. I told him how old I was, and he did the what? To raise his eyebrows, like you're what? I thought you were my age. He was younger than me, so I was like, yes. <laughs> 
Let me tell you uh, who vanity. is... A, again, vanity. Again, we're just a rambly, big mess. All is vanity. Uh, by the way, buy Sparks if you can. We got a book out. Sparks, it's good. You should. Nina Matsumoto did the art. I wrote it. Dave colored it. You should read it. Hopefully everyone who was interested in it has bought it. No, buy a second and the, copy. And the rest, the rest could do you know what I, two poops. One of my favorite reviews mm-hmm. has been like this grandmother went, I gave it to my grandson. Yep. And then my other grandson wanted one. So I had to buy him one. Sure. Now my nephew wants one. It's like, yeah, that's it. Don't share. <laughs> Don't share your sticky fingers uh, book. Can I just uh, say one thing then? Yeah. Thank you for that review, Laurel. Yes, thank you. It's great. Uh Here's here's a here's, don't think you, don't think you snuck it by me. Good on you. Uh, here's uh, something that I do, which makes me feel a little creepy, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I've still got to do it. Is uh, when I'm looking up how the book's doing. Yeah, I will I will um, uh, creep onto uh, library pages and I will see uh, if it's checked out. Oh really? Yeah, I'll go to major library pages and I'll go like so like Fraser Valley che- Regional Library. You go to the- it's checked out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll I'll go, and you can see whether I or check not the it books out. On, I, I on, check them all out because I want people to buy it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I can see if the books on hold. I can see how many holds are there. Mm. Uh, how many of them are checked out? And uh, it's 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 doing all right. People are checking it out. Do you know how many books are in the Fraser Valley Regional? In the Fraser history? Valley, I yeah. probably could look that up. Yeah, mm. they would say how many copies for yeah. sure. I thought you were going to say like in North America. And no, that no, number no. I would not know. No, I. But I thought if you looked it up, you could see like there's five copies that are circulating. Because Fraser Valley Regional Library, the way it works for people who don't know this, is we places like Aldergrove has a very small library that's attached to a community center, and there's not a lot of books in it. But you can you can go online or you can go onto onto their computer in the library and you can order books in. And so there's branches all around the the regional district of Fraser Valley, so all the way from Chilliwack to Richmond, I assume. Mm. And you can get the book from all those places. So, you know, they have a lot of books. They're just not in one place. Oh, okay, cool. So you can ha- they can come and go. So that's how I was able to read up to, I think, book number 43 of in- Inuyasha before Which I got... Which is... What is that again? That sounds it's a, ma- it's a manga okay. about a, a young girl who is uh, uh, kind of falls in, a, in a, an abandoned well in her parents, her parents' property. And then she ends up in sort of... I don't know where... It, I don't know what time it is because Japan... Had that weird thing where like it just everything looked like it was feudal, even though yeah. it was like taking place in, during the Victorian era. It's still right. everyone was still walking around like they lived. There was still 11th century J- Japan, and then suddenly someone pulls out a mirror or a train goes by, and you're like, <laughs> "What's a train doing in this?" But anyway, uh, so yeah, they, they go back into the past, and then she, and she's somehow connected to some character that died in the past, and then there's a, a dog dog demon named Inuyasha who's a. It's called Inuyasha. Yeah, it's a why isn't good, it called Time Well? I would have uh, read it. Dumb? Time why well. Do always, why do you always go for the time well? What do you want to go see? Uh, time well. What is it? It's that's, about a well, and you fall in it, and you go through time. That's the dumbest title. Is it? Yeah, it's terrible. Mm, well, you know why? There's a movie called Time Cop, and I've never seen it because it's called Time Cop. You've lived it. I've, you've I've you've lived, lived it, it because it was shot here. <laughs> okay. So you've done things. Produce, you've, you produced have, by. Produced by a producer. Do you know who produced it? No, sir. Uh, Mike Nesmith, The Monkees. What? Yeah. Well, I could you and him uh, that said de- that definitely was... go to the beat of a different drum. Now that I said that with such certainty, he also wrote that song for Little I know. Ronald that's why right? I brought it up. That was a, that's that my was very, reference. That was good. That was good. It wasn't a monkey's reference, but I No, but it, it was a Mike Nesmith. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Also, he does the best version of that song, I would say. Yeah. Uh, 
But uh, again, I keep saying City Square Mall, which is just a couple of blocks away from here. Yeah. Opening scene of Time Cop, one of my favorite scenes, where there is a roller skating uh, mugger who's just <laughs> robbing people. I guess purse as, snatcher. As, as roller skaters did. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme stops him yeah. by standing in one place and raising his foot up. And the, and the guy almost hits his foot and stops with like mere inches away. And he surrenders because he knows this guy can oh. raise his foot off the ground. Is Jean-Claude Van Damme in that movie? That's not the one I'm thinking of. Then. That's not a Megan Smith one. Sorry. Okay. Just ignore Ian's Ian's play on words of different drum. Just take that back. I take uh-huh. back my my statement with so much you know confidence. Was the producer wearing a wool cap? Throw and it. that's what uh... <laughs> threw me off. Yeah, well, he was. He was wearing it. A wool cap, as they call it in the States, or a toque, as we say in Canada. Well, again, this is my side story, is I was uh, doing a game show uh, with Mickey DeLenz, and Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned to him uh, the term toque. I said something about a toque, and he went, what's a toque? And we're like, it's what Mike Nesmith wore on the monkeys. It's like, what do you mean? That's a toque. No, that's a wool hat. It's also called a toque in Canada. So I informed Mickey DeLenz yeah. what it was. And I was like, oh, they never called it a toque on set. No, they didn't. Oh, that makes me sad. Because there's an episode where he is pretends to be a millionaire. And he goes into a, into a hotel and uh, he's Mr. Woolhat. That's his name <laughs> of his character. Here, this millionaire character. Who's and then later sort of on. Sort a Howard Hughes thing. Uh, he became a millionaire. He, he, he inherited a lot of money. There you are. His Pro- mom probably, invented paper. Yeah. Just invented paper. Some people say it was liquid paper. But nope, she invented paper, just the idea of paper itself. Though the person who came out of the monkeys with the most money mm-hmm. was Mickey. Because he came out of an acting background. He so changed his, his last name his, to Mouse. His parents. And then ran Disneyland. His parents uh, put his money uh, put his money aside for him. So his he, circus boy money. He, well, that money too, but also his monkey money. Monkey money and circus boy money. Yep, yep. Did he ever work with a monkey, an actual monkey, on Circus Boy? Because it there. seems like that's the kind of thing that you would have at a circus. I think there's a Did pic- he work with monkeys twice? I think there's a picture of him with a monkey uh, as Circus Boy. I seem to remember seeing a picture like that. Yeah, I could actually, be. I could be wrong. I'm actually a very big fan of Michael Nesbitt. Um, so why? He, why? Yeah, I like Mike. Okay, I like I like his music. I like his sense of humor. Yeah. I like him on a talk show. He's very smart on a talk show. Okay. Uh, I liked uh, elephant parts. I like television okay. parts. Okay. Uh, and I like that he just went and just did some weird stuff like after uh, mm. after the whole monkeys thing. It wasn't yeah. just yeah. touring around being a monkey, which is fine. Like the monkey stuff is great. Mm. But he also wrote some uh, really good songs. So I, I like him on that. Sure. He was the, he was and the he, best wait, songwriter. Didn't he do something? Oh, what am I thinking? Uh, what else? He did produce a couple of things that were like uh, surprising, right? Like I, I know it wasn't. Was he involved with Elephant Elephant Man in some way? I know David no. Lynch was, no. but like what, he was not involved in any way with that. No, it's Mel Brooks. Yeah, okay, it's uh, Mel Brooks. But damn it, there was something <clears throat> he was he produced. That was Mel Woolhat. Who was Mel involved. Woolhat? Yeah, yeah. I'll look himself. it up later. Uh, I'm way <laughs> I'm way off my uh, my my target right now. Uh, here's here's we were talking about people that uh, age well. Oh, okay. And this, me, you—that's one thing you. for sure. Thank you. Very much. You're aging. You're aging very nicely. Uh, uh, my wife, Pia, who people sometimes uh, think is my daughter—that's not great. That's uh, not a good feeling. Uh, but you know, she's got those uh, Chilean genes that mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, but uh, uh, Rita Moreno. And here's yes. here's where I'm coming at with that. Okay. We were watching the other night because uh, I don't want to watch the uh, new Roseanne. I'm not really interested in that. But people have been going, "Hey, you know what's a better show than that? Is One Day at a Time. It's actually like really delivering on their new season." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Well, let's take a look." So it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Okay. And again, it's not perfect, 
But the stuff that they do well, they do really, really well. Mm. And there's at least a couple of big laughs per episode. But Rita Moreno uh, is just nailing it. Like, she's mm. just so great. Yeah. Like, she's got the timing is perfect. She mm. can do a long monologue. And I looked up, like, how old is Rita Moreno? So how old would you say Rita Moreno is right now? Jeez. I would put her in, her, in maybe, I'm going to say 85. Oh, well, I'm sorry. It was 86. Not even close. <laughs> um, how old is she? 86. Well, I was pretty close. How so? I said 85. No, no, she's 86, not even close. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she's uh, she's 80, she's 86. <laughs> she still has little dance things in yeah, there. Yeah. Has the timing right? I mean, wow. when you look at it, you're going like, to be fair, Betty White is on another sitcom and she is nine she's like in her mid 90s, mm. so bless her, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's very very impressive. Wow. You know, good on uh, good on Rita Moreno. Occasionally she'll do a joke about like a past thing she's done and it's really really good. But yeah, uh, I'd say give that uh, TV show uh, a shot. That show should not work. And yet it does work. Because really, it has nothing to do with the original One Day at a Time. Like in terms of very it's... similar set. Well, okay, besides the set, has a Schneider. Beside, okay, it has a Schneider. They that, both have Schneiders. But I mean, in terms of like the makeup of the of the it's a, family, it's a single mom who's raising two kids. Oh, both, is it? Both, both. Yeah. In this oh, case, okay. it's like a son and a daughter, shut, and not a daughter. Shut, oh, well, that's it. There and, you go. Uh, there's a there's a grandma who's not uh, well, not at all like it then. And then also, it's got that. Uh, what's the issue of the day? Let's cover that. But they wrap it in enough bacon that it's tasty it's okay or if you're vegan uh vegan coconut bacon. bacon yeah coconut bacon um oh that's good i'm not gonna watch it but I, i'm glad you don't have that. to watch it other people you know, are watching it. do it's anything. doing quite well do do anything i don't want to do okay but i'll just say this about Raider moreno really good in carnal knowledge still got to see that and that was shot in vancouver as well was it yes sir wow that's no. with our art garfunkel and jack nicholson right you are correct then and, that uh, and who's the female lead and margaret isn't it nice? She's and a parody of she's a parody of Anne Margrock from Flintstones. Yeah, right? she is a parody of Anne Margrock from Flintstones. <laughs> I believe Sybil Shepherd's in it, and I know that that does sound about right. Rita Moreno is very good going down on Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Would you say she took a shining to him? Oh, yeah. Did he, mm. uh, when things were happening, say, "Here's Johnny"? Yeah. Did he know that he was going to be in The Shining and those references would make sense? <laughs> That's right. He, was, he, he said, I know what's going to happen in my future. I know it all. I got it all laid out in five easy pieces. Yeah. Got everything down to the last detail. Oh, I got an even dirtier <laughs> joke that I am not saying. <laughs> Why not? Nope. Oh, well. All right. You're welcome to say it. Really? Yeah. You want me to do an oral sex joke right now with Jack Nicholson? Yeah. To our audience? I, well, you, let me warn our audience that an listen, oral sex joke with Jack Nicholson is I want Nicholson you to do oral up. sex with Jack Nicholson. No, Let's that's fine. Uh, who? Overdone. <laughs> uh, okay, here's 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 what he would say okay. at a, a climactic moment. Okay. Are you ready? Take a drink of Coke while I'm drinking. Drink ready? Take okay. a drink of Coke. Mm-hmm. Wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I was able to swallow my Coke, though. Oh, well, then Phew. maybe Jack Nicholson would be interested. In yes, he would. You could laugh and swallow. I do not like how can... this went. <laughs> what, the whole Adam, I don't, nope. I think the show has taken a turn. And I, Listen, I'm like, Dave, we, we are doing children's books we now. We can't control. We can't do this nonsense anymore. <laughs> we can't control where the show goes. That's, yeah. the, that's the magic of it. Hey, I'll tell you something interesting that I happened. I would love to hear something interesting. You know, I was late tonight. Mm. I was late getting here tonight. And that's because we were doing uh, car... What do we call it? Mageddon. Car, car juggling, I think is how I described it okay. to you. And here's the thing. Are you a, a car thing. juggalo, I, would you say? I am, a, I am a car bugaloo. Oh. Is what I would consider myself to be. Now, I was... Uh, I with don't know if, Martha Ray. Mar, with Martha Ray. I don't know if people remember this, but last week on the show, 
Lisa was here with us. She did not speak on the show. She sat on the couch. I think she might have yelled at you at one point. She did. She did. I asked her some questions. And, yeah, she, and you, she went, ah, shut up. <laughs> that sounds exactly like my yeah. wife, my loving wife. Um, no. She uh, was here with us. And then because here's what happened. I think I talked about what happened, didn't I? I, would, I talked about the Durango. Yes. Breaking down. Sure. Alternator problems. Mary trapped, uh, blocking a major That's right. major artery through Langley. Right. A lot of unhappy old ladies parked behind her, unable to understand what hazards mean. Absolutely. Hazard lights, I should say. And uh, so on Thursday, the day that we came into town, the reason that Lisa came with me is because she had to pick me up at work because she was using my car because the because the Durango was in the shop getting a new alternator. And so that night, Mary, let me just say before I carry on with the story, mm-hmm. Mary's fine. Good. Mary's is fine. Okay. So uh, Mary picked up the Durango and she had to go to her employee employers and do and do some stuff. So she just took the Durango there. Okay. Because she had it. She had to pick it up that night. They just Mary, Lisa had paid for it. They finished repairing it and they just left it in the parking lot of the place and they hid the key in a place I will not talk about. Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. Just on the roof. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, no one would look there. So then um so Mary picked it up. She drove to her employers, who are in Abbotsford. This makes no sense to anyone who doesn't live in, in the Lower Mainland, but that's okay. Then uh, she was coming home. She was going east. Sorry, she was going north on, on a road, and then she was going to turn east onto sort of a major road. So she had the green light. She was making her left turn, and then a person drove right into this into her car, right into Ugh. our car. Oh. Uh, he smashed into her car, pushed her down the road, then he kept pushing, and he went past the car, like kind of scraped past it and carried on down the road. Another driver who was there in a pickup truck was, you know, saw what happened. And so he left, he went off, you know, took off after this guy. Uh-huh. And then uh, Mary, like the airbags had gone off and uh, she was, you know, obviously disoriented and yeah, wasn't yeah. sure what was going on. And people came over and helped her out of the car, yeah, out of the car and, and took her to the side of the road so she'd be safe. And, you know, people called the police. And, she wasn't and hurt in any way from that. She was just, a, she was shaken up. She had a sore hand from the airbag. Okay. Because I guess when it comes up, when it blows up, it squishes your hand against the steering wheel. Sure. And then she was bru- she's bruised from the seatbelt. Okay. But other than that, she seems quite fine. Good Al- on seatbelts. Good Although, on airbags. Although, for the insurance agency, she's has a terrible whiplash. And she may not, she just, kind of, ter- right. sore back. Oh, so sore. Uh, I don't know if she can bend over again. Oh no! Anyway, so um, she can't pick up nickels. She, <laughs> so you have to get reimbursed for all the nickels you could have picked up that's, over your life. That's you right. That that's out. right. She can't pick up. Well, that's the name of our dog, as you know, Nichols. Oh. Um, so and your cat's name is May. So you're a big fan. A big fan of those people. And those two and go at it. It's a hairless cat, which is wrong because it should be the other way around. That is a deep cut. Thank you. All right. Well done. Keep, keep the story moving. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry. So well, you're the one interrupted. I did. So uh, how Nichols and May have me. Yes. No. On tone, yet still rude. <laughs> so then, uh, oh, never say that. So then, um, uh, yeah, they were, you know, they helped her. The police came. Her uh, em- employer came. The, the, one of the lady she works for came. And this, this lady is actually a police, police woman. Okay. So she was, she came and just, and to check on Mary to make sure she's okay. Right. And obviously and, the police and came. Went, and she went, I don't talk to no fuzz. <laughs> and, uh, I ain't no snitch. She's well taught by her, uh, by her death. Right. But this guy who had took off, he actually ended up crashing into a ditch down the road. Apparently he was drunk. They did a breathalyzer. But here's a weird thing about the, the breathalyzer law in British Columbia, which is that if you are stationary in a car or you get out of your car, the breathalyzer doesn't count because in to the eyes of the law, 
you could drink um, while you're waiting for the police to come and do the breathalyzer, therefore making it seem like you, you know. Have, okay, I got a question drunk. about that. Sure, go ahead. So I don't know all the law, but you asked me a legal question. Okay, so you're waiting for the police mm-hmm. and you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Where did you get the alcohol from? You can try. You can have alcohol in your car. You can't have open alcohol. Could you have? Well, a, you could close it back up. So if I have a flask on the seat next to me mm-hmm. and it's closed, yeah, no problem. No, no problem. That's right. I got a half. I got half a bottle of whiskey, but the cap's on, and that's like next to me. Yeah, the police would like look at that and go like, "Oh, cap's on." Uh, as you were, sir. I mean, okay. If now, if you were parked on the side of the road and they came in, that there's nothing they can do about it. If they, if you were driving and they pulled you over and walked over to the car and you had now, whiskey beside you, they, they could take you out of the car. Okay, on but here's of, the thing: of drinking and driving. Uh, in this, in this case that you're giving me, yeah, he is not parked. He's in a ditch. He's in a ditch. Yeah. He's in a ditch. Yep. So, like, if you, if you are, mm-hmm. if your car is stopped, and yep. the reason your car is stopped is because you drove into a wall. Then you're saying to me that they and you get out of the car after you've like driven mm-hmm. into the wall. They can't do a breathalyzer test on you because yep. you're parked with half of your car crushed yep. against the wall. But you're parked, yep. and you might have been having like a you know what I'm hey, going to have an after crash. Let, I know that you're drink. I know you you're being dubious of this, but I am being very dubious. Two years ago, what can you smoke a dubious as two well? <laughs> two years ago, <laughs> yes, uh, there was that police that uh, Mountie in Newsminster mm-hmm. hit and killed someone in his car. He was drunk driving. All right, he claimed. That he went home because he was so shocked from from what happened that he went home and had a couple of shots of alcohol mm-hmm. to calm his nerves. The breathalyzer was not uh, could not be used in the court of law, and he walked. So that just happened a couple of years ago. Okay, there's an example of it. There's a real life example of it of that law. So if okay, it's, okay, are we going to say it's a dumb law? Yeah, it's a dumb law. No, I'm but not going to say law. dumb law. I'm trying to find ways out of it. So. <laughs> So say you okay. okay here's the thing. I, like What's a, preventing? Here's a, here's okay, my question sure, sure. to you, Dave. Okay. So you're driving along, mm-hmm. and you're you've you've had a couple of drinks that night. Am I singing a song? Yeah, you are. You're doing a lot real la la land. <laughs> okay. uh, so you're driving along, and you've had a couple of drinks. Not yeah. that you would. It's another guy named Dave on Earth Two. Now this Dave on Earth that Two idiot. enjoys uh, mm-hmm. a nice bunch of drinks. Sure. So you're driving along, drink, yeah. drink, drink. Uh, and then you're like, oh no, it's one of those police stop things up there. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, they're going to bust me for this. Yeah. Can you pull over to the side, step out of your car, and just wait it out? And just go like, I'm going to wait it out because uh, now I'm parked. Yeah, no. I'm not going to go through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, officer, while I was waiting by the side yeah. of my car, right. I took a couple of drinks. Sure. So I'm fine now. I'm just going to wait now because clearly I'm too drunk to go into the car. I'm obeying the law. Could you get out of going through that situation by doing that? Uh, no. Why not? Well, they would just walk down to you. But what's it matter? It doesn't matter. You got out of your car, so you could have had a couple of drinks. Well, while they you're can see for you, though. They can see you. I mean, if they can witness you, not necessarily, because they're uh, they're busy. Like it's one of those things where there's a bit of a lineup. Like sure. even if it goes like half a block. Yeah, probably, you get out of your car. Yeah. You just pull off to the side. Sure. Get out. Stand by the car. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, I mean, if they can't see you, you could do that for sure. But that's about, why they do it. How that's, about if you get out of the car? But that's why they do it at highway wait, entrances. That's what? why they do it in places where you can't. Okay, but wait a second. Do that, yeah. You can't just get out of your. Okay. I can't just be on the side of the road with a bottle drinking. That's illegal on its yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, that's illegal. Okay. Yeah. So so that idea, mm-hmm. uh, they can't breathalyze me, no. but they can go, hey, we're going to get you for drinking on the street. We're going to get you for drinking somehow. Somehow you got sure. alcohol in your body yeah. one of two illegal ways. Either mm-hmm. you drove it yeah. or you drank in front of, uh, outside where you can't. Sure. So what the fuck's it matter? <laughs> Whatever. The, what, all, I, all I can say is that if this person was most likely drunk when right. I had the accident. Sorry about that. But it went off on a tangent. That's fine. 
I know it's sort of outrageous, but this I is like the, the law. TV show. This is the law. Remember that show? And you had to like figure it out. Okay. This is uh, so you know, even though he was he did two breathalyzers and showed over the limit, both over legal limit, both times, it's not admissible against him. So he cannot be charged with drinking and driving. He can be charged with dangerous driving. He can uh-huh. be charged with other. He can be charged with hit and run. Sure. Fleeing an accident. You know, all those sort of things. Uh, damage to a ditch. He <laughs> damage to a ditch. He can uh, be charged. a possum. Yeah. Most likely there was a possum in the ditch. Poor possum. That was one of my worst moments of driving, actually. I was driving down a country <laughs> road late at night. Yeah. Have I told this story? No, no. I'm just going to oh, okay. do my thing really fast. Sure, go ahead. Which is like, and sir... This possum that you've been accused of murdering. Wait a second. It's back alive. <laughs> Sorry, we're dropping all charges, sir. That possum was just faking. Okay, go ahead. No, I was driving down the, <laughs> driving down a country road late at night. Yeah. And I was going a fair clip over the speed limit somewhat, somewhat a lot. Right, and, but uh, not drinking because I was not drinking. No, I was driving and I come, crested this hill, come over this hill, and there's this poor possum going across the street. Oh, Lord. As slowly as possible because it's a possum. And on possum time. This is the possum's. This is the possum's last moments of his life. Last moments of his life is me meaning to break, but accidentally pressing down on the clutch. So all I did was just kind of rev the engine as I <laughs> ran over this poor possum. So I was just kind of like becoming up, and there's something going. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was just like, oh, his last moments. Was just, you just probably thought he's trying to kill me. I wasn't. I was trying to. No. I was trying to stop, but I just. I, I, First in of all, my, I'm, in my panic, I'm, I'm I, sad about the possum. I am. All right, so let's all just say that. Here's my here's my other thing that I'm thinking that he just turned and went cool. <laughs> Why? Oh, they're, they're revving the engine. It sounds really cool. <laughs> right. Like, hey, hey, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then it, then you, and you know your... his last moments were in admiration of you. You and your subcompact Toyota. Well, I'm very sorry. We dedicate this show to the possum. So anywho, so uh, the Durango is at this point sitting in a in a auto body shop. We're waiting for an, we're waiting to know what what uh the outcome is so it might be a write-off right which i kind of wondering if it will be because both the Are airbags went off it will be would you prefer i'm not that? actually uh well it's hard to say if there's a lot of damage to it then you're kind of like you know it's uh, it's just gonna be problems because you know all the mechanical things that can happen uh, right. you know like you know the he drove into the front of it like this the front side of it so he didn't hit where mary was in the driver's door he hit the front wheel and just just totaled that whole side of the car so that's going to affect the engine. It's definitely going to affect the wheel. It's going to affect the axle. It's going to, you know, it's going to affect the frame. Yeah. Because the frame will have been crunched into, and I don't know how strong the frame is on the on the drag. It's a pretty strong frame, but it has to be affected by being smashed into a car at high speed. Uh, you know, he was traveling, probably going over 80 mm-hmm. kilometers an hour when he, when he hit that. Speed limit's 80, so he's probably going over that. Sure. And... Uh, you know, so the, you know, and then the airbags going off, of course, wrecks the dashboard. So that has to all be replaced. So I have a feeling that we won't see the car again. But it's not, I'm not super happy about it because, oh my God. Everyone, this is your chance to take a drink. Yeah, take a couple of drinks because this is, uh, oh, that's a police car going by. It looked like a ghost car as well. Hmm. Boo. Uh, the problem is, is that you look up the value or the co- the value of your car, what, like what you will get as a payout. Sure. Not that much. But what it costs to buy a new version of your car or a newish version yeah. of your car or a replacement version of your car, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we need to have a car that can, a vehicle that can, can tow a horse trailer. So we have to have a towing vehicle. So we have to have either a truck or an SUV. And SUVs are nicer than trucks 
in terms of flexibility. You know, they're basically glorified station wagons. Right. You can seat a lot of people. You can carry a lot of stuff, and it's undercover. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Ugh. But anyway, that was that was coming. We found out that was happening when Lisa and I were driving home after the show. So we're driving oh, along. Wow. Mary called because um, I turned my phone off because you know during the show I normally I try to remember to turn the phone. I didn't remember today, so the phone's probably gonna dingle, make noises. But but normally I try to remember. So she was trying to phone and my phone was off. Oh jeez, okay. So she finally got a hold of us when we but were. But she driving. knew what you were doing that night anyway, mm-hmm. so she knew that you would be yeah you know, turning back on soon. And so um, and then uh, yeah we were talking and then when, once we found out that she was okay, of course then you're so yeah, relieved. Yeah, yeah. And then we hung up the phone and then I I just started laughing because you know we had just. We just done work on the radiator. We had done some work on the transmission. And then we just had the alternator replaced. And then the day you get picked up from having the alternator fixed, smash. Oh, so geez. Luckily, when you make your claim for, for, you know, for your insurance, you can give those receipts. And mechanical repairs are covered. So they'll pay for those things as well as for the, for the vehicle. Tires and brakes and things that are normal wear and tear items don't count but uh mechanical we uh we can relate because uh there's a tiny little chip in her windshield right now that's her story fuck you (laughs) but here's 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 the fun bit yeah it's like uh, we're like oh no and it's like you know that thing we're like you got to deal with it right away yeah yeah you gotta yeah we can't right now we can't afford it we can't deal with it so uh we gotta like we're 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 waiting now on uh on on money for like five things basically Yeah, yeah we're waiting on five things while watching this chip just going like, when's that gonna get to a point where it's uh, well, shitty? I guess you're lucky right now because it, we're it's, very lucky. It's not super cold out, so you're not. Ah, it's not yes, spread that is true. Cold. That's that's a one. Yeah. One blessing. So but hopefully... it was one of those where it's like, well, this feels dumb. Mm-hmm. You know that we we should be taking care of this, but we can't until uh, you know uh, one of the five things uh, ends up happening. Yeah. And it's just like little things and big things, uh, all waiting for all of them together, and just like, jeez, <laughs> it's been a real weighty time. Yeah. Um. Here's uh here's something when you were mentioning that hiding the key uh there was I watched yeah. uh I watched a TV show and it had like a good one, tip one day at, the, at a time oh man it's pretty good Rita Moreno <laughs> um no it was the Santa Clarita Diet and uh, okay pretty pretty funny show another show on Netflix that's yeah indeed I basically just watch Netflix at night because you know what who's got the time to tape stuff oh I forgot forget it is I, it on I Netflix do. great I do I didn't tape Black Lightning oh it's on Netflix I'll watch it on Netflix fine I taped Legion. Oh, Legion's so good. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I take oh, it. Oh, so good. Uh, but he, there was there was a little tip they gave mm-hmm. on uh, the thing. And I was like, oh, that's a clever thing that oh. I'm always going to remember. Uh, which is, uh, they, they go to see a person and uh, check for the key. Yep. And they look underneath the, the person's mat and there's no yeah. key there. Oh. But the person left the key, and it's an apartment, yeah. under a, a neighbor's mat. Oh. It's like their neighbor who's their friends with. They leave their key under the neighbor's mat. It's like, well, yeah, that's exactly what you should do. Mm. You know, it's still easy to get to. You can tell a person where it is. Yeah. But uh, the th- the thief who's like going in, <laughs> it's gonna like look <laughs> under there, go, I know, I did that. No, well, it's not working. It's yeah. gonna not work. It's like, well, that's just a small, clever little thing. That's a good idea. Yeah. Good on you. That's that's a pro tip for people out there. Yeah. By the way, and also, uh, don't be a don't be a thief. Don't go walking from house to house looking for that fake rock. Yeah. That's another pro tip. Don't be a thief. Don't be a thief. You know what? Because I was robbed and it sucked, and it makes you feel all blech. And if you are a thief and you steal a person's stamps, uh, don't be petty about it. I hope all those letters don't make it. <laughs> yeah. Jerks. Don't be, don't be so petty. It's petty to steal stamps. 
Yeah, it's petty. You know, I know you're stealing my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're stealing other stuff. I don't think it was a nice thing to leave my door open. Because, uh, you know, I had a sick cat and cat could have got out. That uh-huh. was a dick yeah. move. Yeah. Uh, but uh, And I get you, you You took the change in a, in a jar. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's money. I get you. I hear you. Stamps. You're stealing my stamps. You're stealing, you're stealing a roll of stamps. Yeah. That's what you're doing. You're going to steal my stamps. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, thief. Uh, fuck you. That's just a dick move. I feel, like, I feel really uncomfortable because you're saying all this looking right at me. Yeah. Well, you were the only one who knew it- I was out. <laughs> That is that is pretty incriminating, actually. Yeah, you seem to know a lot about the criminal code and what people can do, drinking and not drinking, a lot of, a lot of stuff. And you feel real nervous every time the police drive by. Yeah, I do get. You nervous. get real uh, antsy. I have, to, I have to take a drink. Yeah, that's well, how nervous I get. That's that's it's that's interesting. That's fair enough. Do you want okay. Do you want to hear my all everything I know about in the criminal code about stamps? Please. I don't know anything. You weren't you weren't supposed to go along with that. All I know is if you Sometimes are... Sometimes I need a block. If you're in elementary school yeah. and someone asks you if you need a stamp for a letter, mm-hmm. uh, don't say yes. It doesn't matter what they you will, say. They will stomp You'll get your it anyway. No, what you should do immediately is run away. Okay. Do you need a stamp for a letter? Run! <laughs> Just like start running. Saying <laughs> sing no! Or if you're me in elementary school, anytime anyone comes up and goes like, hey, and go, run! Doesn't matter. Just run. <laughs> is that right? Yep. That would limit your friendship uh, chances. Yeah, that's true. But friendship brings pain sometimes, so mm. better to be the uh, loner. <laughs> just like, go around the corner and like just a... and just write poetry. That's what I say. Seems a wrong. I was I was terrible at making friends as as a kid. When did you start getting good at it? I've always been terrible at making friends. No, I don't know. Well, you always had like a bunch of friends. When I met you, you had uh, a friend circle. I guess I did. I don't you, know. If you were having a birthday party, would people not show up? No, people would come over. I think. Well, those are your friends. Let's say I live in Vancouver. People from Vancouver don't come out to Alder Grove. It's too far. Yeah, it's way too far. I know. It's strange. It's okay to come in. I know. Because you're going somewhere. <laughs> right? Screw you, man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's true. It's like people going like, uh, where do you live? I live in Vancouver. Oh, well, did you ever visit Paris? Yeah. How often do people from Paris visit you? Not very often. Yeah. That's basically it. Mm. Not to mean they don't love you. Yeah. Just means you live in Vancouver. <laughs> Let's just meet in Paris. Let's go to the Eiffel Tower. Um, when I was a kid, but you have was... a lovely home, and it is worth a visit. Thank you. When I was a kid, I was uh, at a lake visiting a lake for vacation, and because a lake was your only friend, and I was, yeah, and I was <laughs> the playing... boy with a lake. No, I had, his only I had friend. friends. His friend was a living lake. lake. <laughs> uh, the lady in the lake. Um, what? But I had friends, but they were back home. I was, you know, by myself with my family at mm-hmm. this lake, and this little, this other fr- guy came up. And I was playing with a boat in the water. And maybe I was a little uh, jealous of this boat. I didn't want anyone else trying to touch my boat. Oh, it was jealous because it was touching your lake, which was your friend. Mm. So I was playing with this boat and this guy came up and he's like, uh, hey, you want to play? Ooh. And I was like. How old was he? My age. Okay, that's all right then. And I was like, uh, I said, go away. <laughs> just, I don't know why. Mm. I just didn't want to play with him. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. But then he said the magic words. You were an words. angry boatsman. He said the magic words. He said, you know what? My parents have a real boat like that. I said, I said, I became really interested in him. I was like, really? And we became vacation friends. Oh. For about three years after that. Go away. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. I don't know why I would respond to someone like that. I just, I think I was just, I, I thought he just wanted to play with my boat and I didn't want anyone to play with my boat. I, I, only I could play with, I had brought this boat all the way from home mm-hmm. to this lake. You know, it was a long drive. Sure. You know, my dad pretended we were running out of gas. We had to push the car. Because he wanted to make out with your mom. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
It's really uncomfortable. And it's like, hey, Dave, get out of the so car. Go play with your boat. And you're, and you're just <laughs> angrily playing with your boat while your mom did your and dad, dad make out. Your dad never did that when you were when you were a kid. Pretend that you're running out of pretend he's running out of gas. What was the reason for it? He because just... you're getting close to your destination. Oh. And the kids are getting restless because yeah. you have three boys in the back of your car. So what does it buy you to pretend you're running out of because gas? Because then everyone is intent on getting into the town. And when your dad says, okay, everyone, rock forward, rock forward, and we'll push the car over this hill, oh, wow. and we'll make it into town. That's a lot of mind games. Yeah. So then we're all like trying to push this car by rocking now, ourselves. wouldn't you just be going, hey, dad, let's find a gas station? There's no gas station. Not until you get into town. You know, you know where you're And going. when you get into town, yeah. you just drive by the gas station. Yeah, then your dad just drives by the gas station. You're like, wait, I thought we were running out of gas. I think my dad was playing some games here. Yeah. And how often do you get fooled by that? Dang, Dad. A few, <laughs> few times because you're just a little kid. A <laughs> few times. Yeah. Okay, all right. You're just a little kid. You're just, you know, it's, I think I was probably like seven years old or something. I think, I think deep down you knew he was messing with you, which is why you're so angry with your boat. You're working your rage <laughs> boat things rage, out. My rage boat. Lousy. So I took my rage boat into the water. I'm going to work on a boat and I'm going to fish and then I'm not going to like it very much. You were remembering, maybe you were just thinking yeah. about your future, like working on a fishing boat and you got angry at the idea mm. of like how cold your hands no, would be. I was be. really excited about the idea of boats. Um, yeah, that's where I learned to water ski. Okay. Like, these people had a boat and they had water skis and yeah. What I Van- can still water ski, but what, it really hurts my back. What Vancouver actor, let me throw this out at okay. you. Uh, an older gentleman. An older gentleman. Is a champion water skier. Older, older gentleman, gentleman Vancouver, actor, Vancouver actor, on television. On television. In a series that just got uh, got brought back after a while. I'll go with, I'll go with that. Let's see if you can uh, pick it out, out of that. A champion. Oh, I know who it is. It's like Smokey Guy from the X-Files. Yeah, Smokey. Smokey Guy. Yeah, Smokey Stover. <laughs> Smokey Man. The Smokey That's right. Man. The Smokey Man. William B. Davis. Yeah, William he's a B. very, very good water skier. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if he still is, but he was. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember reading that. Uh, and that he doesn't, doesn't actually smoke. No, he hates it. He hates smoking, but... Uh, He's actually a real healthy guy. But he had for that character, who is called the Smoking Man, hence my calling him the Smoky Guy. Yeah. Also called Cancer Man. <laughs> also called Cancer Man. Yep. Did he have cancer? Uh depends what episode you're watching. Uh. You know what? I don't fucking know. And I've watched all of them. <laughs> but I, at a certain point, you just go, eh, I don't know. I hope it's a monster episode because I don't know what the hell uh, is going on. I, is pref- there... I prefer Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah, me too. The Monster of the Week ones are fine. Mm-hmm. This, la- this last season, boy, howdy. I-, I-, I brought so much goodwill to it. So mm-hmm. much goodwill. Yeah. So much goodwill. And I still was okay with it, you know, because I brought so much goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I got like two episodes left to go, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to fucking watch this. I don't want to watch this because it's just like, they just don't, they, they, it's like when they stop understanding what their show's about. Yeah. You're like, how do you not understand what your show's about? And I think mm. it's they got too close to it. Okay. Everyone's trying. They're really yeah. trying. And there's some good, but it's just like, oh, dear. They're, they're missing that X factor. Ah, yeah. very nice. And by the way, and I'm not going to say anything about it, but I think you're going to enjoy Legion. Legion is still Legion, and it's it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. Uh, It's not full-on Twin Peaks, visually weird, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. but it, uh, if you want t- uh, Twin Peaks that picks up the fucking pace and really like boots through... <laughs> And realizes they've got some commercial breaks they got to bring you back from. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. You, that's your show. It's a I really enjoyed the first season. Yeah, so. the things you liked about the first season, you're gonna like this one. They 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 know what they're doing. I'm glad to hear that. There's no no let no letdown. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought like oh maybe this doing so well is the reason they were doing that new mutants movie. Did you see the trailer for the new mutants movie? I have not seen. A uh, it's a horror, basically an X Men horror movie. Okay, uh, but it's been bumped now I, I can like be behind that. another year. 
It's been what? bumped another year. It was like bumped Why? like a half a year. Then it got bumped a full other year. Have they finished it? Uh, yeah, but they're doing major reshoots on it to make it scarier, apparently. That's well, the word on the street. I, I, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve went and saw uh, A Quiet Place, mm. the John Krasinski, Emily Blunt film. Right. I call it Shut Up a You Face. Well, that's another name for it. Yeah. Uh, she said it was an uh, interesting film because it's really hard to eat your popcorn during that movie. <laughs> it's such a quiet film. Yeah. Because there's no no speaking. Mostly Ooh. there's no speaking. Yeah. Everyone's just whispering or doing sign language. Right. The only, only time there's music playing is when things are getting tense. Yeah. So it's a very quiet film. And then there you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently when she saw it, there was a person who had a, was sneezing through the film. Oh, no. And they, finally they went, sorry, everyone. <laughs> And that's when the that's when the thing got him. Yeah, this was too loud. <laughs> too loud. Yeah. So yeah, now it looks like a good film. Was... There was a horror movie that was taking place in like a house or something where everyone had to be really quiet or they'd get attacked by the guy. The guy would hear. I think it was a blind guy. That was the deal. Like oh it was a... yeah, that's yeah. called uh, "Shut Up Your Face." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an Italian guy. It's called "Noises Off." That's right. I'm gonna kill you. Oh no. Here we go. What is that movie called? I, was, I watched that movie. Yeah. It's, it's a, like Hush or Shush. It's not or Hush. Quiet, hush is a different film. Or Pipe Down. Hush is about a lady who's stuck in a house with a crazy guy trying to get her. And she is... She is a mute or something like that? She's deaf? Maybe she's deaf. Yeah, she's deaf. That's right. She's okay. deaf. You really sold yourself on that, by the way. It took me a while to remember what... what she's deaf. She, yeah, she's deaf. She's deaf. <laughs> she's deaf. <laughs> Like, all right, who are you trying to convince? <laughs> I was trying to remember. I don't know the movie, so you, remember it. either way it's fine. Uh, yeah, she's deaf. And then, um, but this, what was, the, what was that movie called? Because it, people, they go and sneak in the house and then it has that yeah. Stephen, whatever his name, it was the bad guy in uh, that um, that movie from a long time ago with James Woods and uh, Michael J. Fox. Remember that movie? Michael J. Fox and James Woods. Yeah, I remember he's like an actor who's... Who? Doc Hollywood? No, no, no. He's an act. <laughs> no, he's, he's a doctor. Okay, well, he was in Hollywood. Uh, no, no. He's an actor who's once he's going to play a cop. So oh, then he gets shit. himself yeah, put, yeah, yeah, yeah. put onto the force, and, and then yep. he's James Woods' partner, who's a, you know hates him or just angry with him or whatever. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, he's James Woods. He doesn't like anyone. Uh, and then, but Stephen, whatever his name is, okay, was the villain in that movie, but he's also the villain in, in this other film, whose name is. Shut up your face. I really I don't remember. I can't sure. remember now. I, I mean, keep thinking late so, but I know it's not late so. To be fair, uh, we could look it up, but we're not going to. Don't breathe. There you go. Don't breathe. That was, was that movie. just an instruction to me, or was that the name of the yeah, movie? Yeah, I don't want you to breathe anymore. Quit it. Is my breath that bad? So, so loud. Well, That's why the, we have these filters in I front of the, the microphones. on, and I can hear you so well. Uh, I'm sorry Wheezing about that. away over there. So, oh. What a jerk I am. That is a little disturbing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry don't about wheeze. that. Don't um, wheeze. Yeah, don't breathe. That's the movie. Oh, yeah, never. I never. I saw that Michael J. Fox James Woods movie. Yeah, it's good. Is What's it, it called? It's, it's called Please Breathe. <laughs> Shut up for your face. What is it called? You know, it, it was. Uh, you know, the, I want to say Showtime, but I know that's no, no, uh, no, that's no. Eddie Murphy. It's not that. It's not that at all. The Hard Way. Was it the Hard Way? I think so. Oh, okay. I think that's, that's what it's called. That seems like they had the name from a different movie. And yeah, went, let's just yeah. call it the Hard Way. Yeah. But it had. Uh, that's the movie where LL Cool J did the. He was in it, I think, and he did the theme song. Where Mama said, "Knock you out." Is the, oh, the, right. the music for that movie? Here was a weird thing. Speaking of those, ma- are all the things I remember about that film, mm-hmm. minus the name of the actor who plays the villain in it, who's also the villain in Don't Breathe. Go to IMDb. You'll you'll find that out, and then look me up and see that my credits are wrong. Um, <laughs> speaking of names, said Ian is a star of Don't 
Don't wheeze. Don't wheeze. Well, the problem is I had a TV show called The 11th Hour, and every other show is called The 11th yeah, Hour, so there's true. a lot of mix-em-ups when oh, okay. it comes to that stuff. Uh. Uh, but uh, so, so I appear in a drama, apparently, called The 11th Hour, but I, I do not. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, titles, uh, I was noticing like on Amazon.com, uh, that uh, our book Sparks, which we were talking about, is uh, wait is, Sparks, yeah, the graphic go. novel is written sold by Ian Boothby? quite often. Yeah, it's like well, people who bought this also bought this, or this book is bought in pairs with this, mm. and uh, more likely than not, it's Dogman. Yes, Dogman, and, and quite often it's Dogman Unleashed. Yeah, and Unleashed was going to be the original, well, not the original <laughs> title. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you the original title, but the original <laughs> title for uh, Sparks. It was a good title, the original title. The original title was you, called Crewing the Pooch. Yeah, it's a, that's a, funny, it's a yeah. funny title. The book would not be selling if it had that title. No, of course not. We would have a lot of problems. But you, you said, I'm going to give it a, a, a striking title yeah. that they will strike. It was a title that would get it noticed, and then I'll know that they're serious about it when I know that they go, we can't use that title. Yeah. And then the next title I went with was Unleashed, and they went, we love it! And then they came back like two days later, and we've already used it! We Sorry. just realized it. Sorry. Dav Pilkey is going to use that. Dav so. Pilkey. Yeah. Uh, Captain Underpants. Uh, Captain creator. Underpants and uh, Dogman. Also, Dogma. Oh, did he write Kevin he, Smith's he Dogma? He wrote the Kevin Smith film Dogma. That is why that character appears wearing underpants. It's Captain Underpants. Undercover. I wonder how the Captain Underpants movie did. Probably well. I'm going to assume. He got made. That's pretty good. Yeah. If, you're, if you're an author, you know, and someone says, we're going to make, we're going to make a movie of your book, and you're like, well, that sounds great. I mean, oh, most of the times. Would. Yeah. Most of the times. Most of the time. Yep. Not plural. Most of the time is how the idiom goes. Most of the time, it doesn't get made. It's true. It gets optioned. You get a little bit of money. But you never get the, the satisfaction of seeing your vision destroyed by someone else and made into a movie. So... I think that's a success for him. Now, and I know. wish him the best and his success um, brings people into bookstores. Yep. And then they might also pick up a little copy of a book called Sparks. And uh, hey, that's what else you got? Where the what else you got? Yeah. So why not? Uh, here's here's a question I have for you. And Dave. His books aren't color. They are in color. They aren't. The one the Captain Underpants. Dogman is. Is it? Yeah. Captain Underpants wasn't. They were. They were all black and white. Oh, is this a strong I know problem that you have? Oh, because you're a colorist, and that really no, bugged no, you. No, 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 no. It's because the girls bought them when they were little. Did you color them in for them? Because you went yes, like, one day I'm going to need these skills? Because it really bothered me. Now um, I can see the future just like Jack Nicholson. Oh, from that movie. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, Witches of Eastwick. Where he is the devil. So uh, Spoilers. Oh, man. I think, that, I think they spoil that with the uh, poster. So <laughs> I'm 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 seeing reviews now for a video game movie that are that's it's it's they're positive reviews. Is this Ready Player One? No, let's not go crazy. That's not a. <laughs> I don't think that's a video game movie. It's not based on a video game. Oh, okay. A movie based oh, on. Oh, it's based game. on a video game. Okay, let me just think. Let me think. What it will be? Is okay. It, is it Doom? No, Doom has already happened, oh, okay, and yet so. mm. stars the same guy. Oh, so this movie is Rampage. That's correct. Yeah. Is that really a video game? Rampage. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, very popular arcade game. I thought it was some sort of takeoff on Mighty Joe Young. No, sir. Okay. Uh, It was... uh, Well, that makes me wrong. By the way, uh, again, this is uh, Land of By The Ways. On the 11th hour, we used to have this weird segment, which was called Double Remakes, where they would remake a movie, but with like two different movies. And there's a way of combining two. Yeah, yeah. So we combined like uh, Mighty Joe Young with Meet uh, Joe Black. Okay. And so it was... uh, uh, Death was in the form of a giant gorilla that would just come and kill you. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was funny, but it made me laugh. Yeah. Um, 
Any, any, anywho, uh, that's, so that's what counts. Rampage the game. You, show. you uh, mm-hmm. it was a three controller game in the arcade. You could play okay. as a King Kong type. Okay. You could play as a giant lizard, Godzilla-ish type, that's or fence. a wolf because we needed the third fucking thing. Wow, that will, that explains all the characters in the, in the trailer that I saw. Of that yes, that and uh, they were all mutated humans that a lab mutated. And if you died, you Wait. would turn into your little guy again, and he would just he'd be naked and he'd cover up his junk, and he would like walk <laughs> sideways off screen. Cute. Um, I don't think the movie has that element to it. Nope. Though. Okay. Nope. Unless, maybe you'll find that out later on. Oh, um, by the way, my bet... It's a sequel to Annihilation, right? Sure. Okay. Uh, but you would, uh, you, would, you would be the villain, basically, and you'd be climbing uh, buildings. You would, like, uh, grab people. You would eat them. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the people would have TNT. Don't eat those people. Uh, helicopters, you'd smash them. The you'd ACDC punch them. You'd, you'd break the buildings because mm-hmm. it was pre-9-11, and that was okay. Yep. Uh, and they remade that game over and over again, and it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. fun to play with your friends. Yeah. But the reviews for the movie seemed to be good. Really? And like, I think the closest one so far is like, we went to see Tomb Raider, and I would not call that a good movie, but it was not a terrible movie. You went and, and saw, this is your review of Tomb Raider right My now review of Tomb Raider is, yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, but not needed to be made by yeah, any means sure. it didn't cover any new ground it's no san andreas that's a very different movie mm. uh i don't know if san andreas needed to be made uh but at least it was a little different uh but like tomb raider you're <laughs> just going it? like this is very 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 okay. very light uh indiana jones okay. very 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 okay uh and because indiana a, jones is pretty light is it yeah it's pretty dense how so a lot of stuff happens a lot of uh oh i see set pieces i just thought you meant it. it's sort of frothy mm. You know, and uh, it was ba- the along. Tomb Raider one was based on a much better video game that not the original Tomb Raider by any means, but they remade it with her origin story and she's younger and she's learning how to be uh, you know uh, use a bow and arrow and all this stuff and it's pretty uh, it's pretty good but she's a bit learning boring. how to raid tombs she doesn't yeah yeah but not for profit just for mm. needs to because um, that's always a gross bit about Tomb Raider is like you're a rich lady why are you raiding tombs <laughs> knock it off and to raid the tombs you're shooting yeah. like tigers boo to that mm. and monks. Well, fuck off. What do you need to do that? And the worst part about Tomb Raider to me, yeah. uh, the promise it never fulfills, is like your very your very first Tomb Raider game, you're you're raiding some tombs, you're doing some stuff, you get it, you're like, this control's pretty good. Well, this is fun. I get to shoot, I get to explore. And then you turn a corner, and what's coming at you? A Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh. Like, I did not expect a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> I got to deal this? with this. This is Rampage? No, no, this is Tomb Raider, the original. I know. I'm just, it's I, a question I, you asked. I, I understand. Uh, and uh, she deals with the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and you're like, yeah. oh, lordy, there's a lot of fun coming up in this game. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Weird things are going to come around every corner. You never see a T-Rex again. Oh. Any other games? Weird. What was that about? Yeah. Out of nowhere. It's like it's like, it's like like having in the very first game, an alien in a flying saucer shows up and starts shooting at you, and then for the rest of the games, in all their sequels, you never have that ever happen again. So it's a weird little element. And it should have been in the in the movie, but it wasn't in the movie. It was all right. It was fine. But yeah, Rampage looks like uh, it's going to be good. You said the T-Rex should have been in the movie? Yes. Okay. Because it was just such a crazy, weird thing. Should have been the last thing that you see in the movie. Like she turns a corner and then there's a T-Rex coming at her. Oh, that'd be good. Credits. Yeah. What's this about? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Tune in next time. Tune in next time. Yeah, that would have been good. But it looks like uh, the reviews for Rampage uh, look like they're uh, all right. Mm-hmm. And if the movie, and by the way, there's nothing in the trailer about this, but if the movie doesn't end with a giant The Rock uh, uh, storming through a city, yeah. I'll be very disappointed. What if it ends with a, a small rock walking sideways off the screen? 
of the movie. What if God creates another rock that's so heavy that even the Lord himself cannot lift it? Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then he's very charming. <laughs> the, 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 the rock is charming? Oh, he's very charming. Okay. One of, someone I'm, I'm really indifferent to. The rock? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, he doesn't really do anything for me. Um, I have nothing against him, necessarily. I think he's fine. He's a big bunch of business. He's good. Yeah. It's weird when you watch... When you say he's good, that, that just I, I can't agree with that. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, I think he, he can deliver a line. He can do an action scene. Yeah. He can uh, he can seem menacing when he needs to. Yeah. Very good. And he did a nice job in Jumanji, playing a, a nerd. Once again. Yeah. But, I haven't seen the movie. The movie looked actually looked good to me. Yeah. But I have not seen it. And uh, I always find it interesting when I'm watching... Uh, Fast and the Furious, which, if I'm getting this right, this is what Fast and the Furious is. It's about a mo- family. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing about men who are in cars, and they travel so fast, yeah. their hair burns off. And that's how you know <laughs> that they... Oh, really? Th- yeah, their hair just burns right off. That's yeah. why they're Vin all Diesel. they're all bald. Vin Diesel's bald. Yeah, they're all bald, except the, the one guy, sadly, has passed away. But now that he's passed away, they're all bald now. Yeah. It's just all bald. Who Doesn't else is matter. in it? Who else is in it? Who's who's in it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason he, Statham. He's bald. He's damn bald. Yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel, uh, The Rock. Uh, there's a guy. Uh, I want to say Ludacris, but ooh. no, Ludacris isn't bald. But the other guy is bald. He's bald. Uh, there's uh, so many bald people. <laughs> there's a lot of bald people. Do you okay. know what they need? Like they need like to get a nice bald uh, woman in there mm. at some point. You know, I've tr- I've often wanted to watch one of those films. It's sort of interest, but I feel like I won't understand it if I haven't seen the first film. Well, it's, yeah, it's very in depth. It's very in depth. It's a, they have a couple a lot of, of continuity in those. They movies. have a lot of. They have a couple of really good scenes in the last movie that mm-hmm. are just like, well, that's just damn clever. Mm, okay, yeah. I guess I'll, is that F eight? F eight? What's it matter? Fate? Who cares? Fate and the Furious? Doesn't matter. Just watch one. But you said it the last one. Yeah, just so ask. I've ended up watching whatever it's called F six. I don't know. Look at the dates. Is, is that one great? Is that when the woman they're dragging a, a, a vault? They a bank start vault down getting the road or something? good. A safe at F five. That's oh, that the right? word on the street. Okay. Yeah, huh. they get. You can watch the other ones; they're fine. Yeah. But uh, about they get crazy around yeah. five, and then it's uh, then we're just going to town. Then we're just going uh, nuts. Huh? When we do our uh, Fast and the Fast Furious uh, podcast, we'll have to we'll do see. that. Yeah. Um, is that one called Fast and the Fury Five? Is that the name of that one? Sure. Okay. Now, now, David, Ian, we're we're up at the one hour mark, which is traditionally now where we we turn our attention to the world of music. Oh. And what's happening in the world of music right now? Uh, they've invented a new note, H. H. <laughs> For time. Yep. And so here's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's a great la, note. La, 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 la. <laughs> That's where it goes. It's a brand real, new note. Real gray note. To be fair, I did start with a, the C on there, and so I did not, you know. H doesn't show up where H should. Is that right? No, it makes its own damn rules. <laughs> well, this, here's a secret. Here's a little thing you probably don't know, but the scale is not alphabetical. No, it's numerical. I've stepped on a scale many times, and it's numerical. <laughs> it's numerical. Yeah. It's also terrifying. And also, yep. it also is uh, how you get justice. The scale? Of justice, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Now, right. D- now, David, we've been doing a thing on the show. We have been doing a thing on the show. Now, what, w- w- explain it to the people. What's, what's, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> is this just filler? Wow. What are we doing? Well, yeah, well, what are we yes. doing here? First, is this so we yes. don't talk about our feelings? This, that's part of it. Oh, thank God. I've had enough of that. <laughs> Oh. We need to take a break. How from many our times have I cried on this show? Jeez, <laughs> jeez! Not, Come not, on, not enough for my no, liking. Oh no! Okay, well, start plucking those hairs. <laughs> <laughs> the Rip Taylor secret. Uh, did you did you know that he was? 
Why he, would Rip Taylor he, need that? He was a crying comedian. Oh. He would tell jokes and he would be crying. And so to do that, he would have a handkerchief and then he would pull out nose oh, hairs as he was oh, doing God, it. Oh, God, just learn to act, man. <laughs> or just get some onion yeah. juice and rub it in your yeah, eye. What you the? Oh, my God. Yeah, because you could do that. Do you think Rip Taylor and Rick to- Rip Torn ever met? I hope so. I hope so, too. Yeah. Just a double ripper. <laughs> Continuity error. What other rips are there in... in uh... I think that's it. Those I mean, in, in real life, not like Rip Kirby, obviously. Yeah. I named him earlier. Yeah. That's it? There's only two rips? Yep. Whoever acted? Yep. I don't believe that's true. Prove me wrong. Hmm, I can't prove you wrong right this now. This Rodney Allen Rippy, but I don't think... Uh, there you go. You've proved yourself wrong. <laughs> He's known as Rip. Yeah, who once got mentioned in a Peanuts cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, just got mentioned. That'd be That's pretty... an odd reference for people reading Still, them. Still, that'd be pretty great. That's something to die note on. I would say, like. this was something I would like to see. Okay. Someone, someone take uh, 10 Peanuts uh, strips... Uh, but like the top ten obscure reference strips okay. that like no don't make any sense now. Yeah, they're yeah. just like directly responding okay. to something that happened back then. Wow. Yeah, that'd be Rodney Allen Rippy would be one of yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't remember that one, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll bow to your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And by the way, whenever I, whenever I hear like our friend uh, Nina Matsumoto who just did Sparks, which is about uh, two cats, uh, talk about how she can't draw cats. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Neither could Charles Schultz. And uh, he's the most beloved cartoonist of all time. He is he? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Would you? Who? Who's more beloved than Charles uh, M. Schultz? A cartoonist that's more beloved. More beloved than Charles M. Schultz. Name one. Kathy Geiswhite. Good point. Ack, I was wrong. <laughs> but you want to see a weird-looking cat? Look at Charles <laughs> Schultz draw Frida's cat sometime, Ack. and just go, "Oh boy." Uh, all right. So David, uh, Bernie we, Bushmiller. Uh, we've been asking our listeners to. Yep. Uh, to send to send in themes for songs, Al, Al Cap. Cap, beloved, oh, so beloved, <laughs> so beloved. He's a people person. That's what he made him. He didn't do anything to destroy his, his career mm-hmm. at the end of his life. Yep. You know, he was a liberal for a long time. Mm-hmm. But back when everything was flipty doo right? Everything was reversey, reversey. And then he did this back in the brief. days where like, but you know, he was a Democrat. Yeah, back when the Democrats were the ones wearing the Klan hoods. No, no, no. I mean, he was an actual like sure know, social, you know, yeah. a, a social liberal. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he did that weird flip-flop. Yeah, he did do. a Dennis Miller. He did a flippity-flappity. Yeah. Things started making him uncomfortable. Yeah, that's how it goes. You get older, you I go, wait like a minute, all this stuff. wait a minute, oh, I don't like it. And then you go like, oh, okay, now, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's their fault, not mine. <laughs> Everything's changing, not me. No, sure. it's just you. No, everyone's prostate is hurting. Um, <laughs> that's how it goes. So anyway, we've been asking the audience to send was, you in a theme. a bit personal there? They send in, uh, my prostate's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they send in, uh, knock on wood. Oh my god, my prostate's made of wood. That wasn't good. Uh, a theme, and they yes. will give you a song on that theme to prove what it is. So it's like uh, Broken Hearts. Broken and they'd hearts. send in the Broken Heart and think, Dave, could you give me five Broken Heart songs? And you've been uh, you've been diving deep. I have been. not doing not doing surface level, not doing what you would think would be like the number ones yeah. on that and and you give us five uh, delightful songs and people have been really enjoying it. They so uh, let's see if you can live up to that this week. We've been getting, we've been getting lots of nice compliments. We did get a letter. We get letters. We get, we get letters. letters in the mail. We, we get, get letters. letters. People write to us with letters. It's all the letters that you can never imagine. This letter is from... Wait, Abby. are you saying there's fan mail from some flounder? There's fan Obscure mail from... references. <laughs> uh, this is a, this is a, a letter. Okay. From a fan of the show. Oh, that's from some flounder? From a sneaker. Okay. Uh, and his name is Andy Hudson. Hey, Andy. And he wrote to say, hey, Dave. Is Andy one of the Hudson brothers? You have to ask him. Okay. If so, please say hi to Brett for me. He was my favorite. Okay. Uh, he wrote to say, hey, Dave and Ian. Oh, that's nice. 
I thought of an irreverent car song from the U.S. Oh, because we had car songs and last I, week. And I said, I, I don't think I was, I don't think I was like a complete, I don't think I was like, you know, uh, completely like, um, what's the word? Dogmatic that there is no irreverent American car songs. But I just said there's not that many of them because Americans tend to want to celebrate cars and car culture and right. driving on the highway with the wind blowing in your hair and your car stereo blasting with the eagles as you drive in your stupid car with dumb music. So anyway, <laughs> so uh, he says, I thought of an irreverent car song from the U.S., Bitchin' Camaro by the Dead Milkman. It's from the album Big Lizard in My Backyard uh, from 1985. Oh, all right. It's very good. And when, like, so, but when I, like I say, when I said that, you know, I can, I'll throw one out there as well, uh, okay. the Violent Femme song, Give Me, Give Me the Car. Another one? Hey, Dad, nope. can I borrow the car tonight? No, yeah, not really. It's a good, good song. It's I do a, like the Violent Femmes, but I don't know that song. It's a song that uh, they played at, 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 at their high school. Oh. And it got them in big trouble. Oh, why is that? Because there were swears? There's swears, and it's a lot of stuff about maybe having sex with a girl in a car. Oh. Anyway, he says, love the show and the music oh, so, segment. Oh, so like your mom and dad did when they sent you off to play with the boat in the lake. That's right. Love the show <laughs> and the music segment. Regards. Oh. Here's looking at you. Aw. Andy Hudson. Thanks, Andy. Send from oh. his iPhone. Oh, well, now everyone knows he's got an iPhone. They're going to like go and rob him. I don't know why he added that, but it says they're sent from my iPhone. P.S. Sent from my iPhone. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Andy. That's an automatic thing. That's really nice. I like that. I used to like the Dead Milkman. I have one album by them, but not, not, not Big Lizard in my backyard. But I do remember Bitch and Camaro. Very good. It's a pretty good song. So, Dave, what is the theme of the week? So, this was a tough theme that. uh, Oh, so it's tough things. Our so. I'd say uh, tough enough. That would be one. Uh, Are you tough enough? That'd be the tough one, right? Mm, this was a this was a difficult uh, difficult topic or song theme thing sent to us from uh, Dylan O'Connell all the way from Upside Down in Australia. All right, and Dylan, check your shoes for spiders, Dylan. Maybe I'll maybe I'll read what Dylan wrote. Oh, please do, because uh, if you want to make him mad, read it in an Australian accent. <laughs> well, that's what Australians love. Is that is that? Would that make you him mad? You wouldn't think it would piss uh, Australians off. Yeah. But my God, it, it will. pisses them off it will. so bad. Well, maybe I want to piss them off. All Do you right. ever think about that? Do you ever think about that? Dylan? Oh, wait a second. Okay, so um, let me just find it here. Sure, sure. I can't sure. remember what, when he wrote. Sure you can. I'm going to look back in time. All right. Look back on our website for a message from listener. Oh, here he goes. He says, uh, he says, I like the idea of top five songs that start great... Oh. But quickly lose it. Oh, God, this is a hard one. My list would have to start with Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. Okay. And Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Both have incredible opening riffs tacked onto pretty dull songs. Now, we did talk about this a little bit uh, earlier because I, I I would disagree with him on Layla. I don't really know Owner of a Lonely Heart too too well. I, okay. I kind of jumped off the Yes bus by that point, but... But did you know that it had Trevor Horn and uh, the other guy who were in the Buggles? Oh, no. Nope. Were uh, in that, uh, were joined Yes. I can't remember the other guy's name. But anyway, um, Dylan, yeah, I didn't like Leela. And, I, and we, I said at the time that I, I love that song. I think it's great. I like the song, but I particularly love its long coda, which is kind of a long piano part with uh, Dwayne Allman's lovely slide guitar. Do you like it. the slow version? Slow version of what? Oh, his no, I don't like the Eric Clapton later one, like the yeah. like the acoustic version. Yeah, blah. Very good. That does show that the song's kind of weak. But anyway, then he said, so both have incredible opening riffs tacked onto pretty dull songs. So this is a really, I found this a really difficult topic because what it's basically asking you to do is talk about songs that you don't like all that much, you know, like and songs that I don't like. 
I don't listen to. Okay. Like I just there's not songs that I'm just like I love this song so much, uh, but I really don't like this part of it. Or you know, but there are, there but there are some. So what it became instead <laughs> is songs that I do that I like, but that I think have weak parts to them. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So or are disappointing to me in some way. Um, I still like the songs. It's just that I don't think that they're perfect, and and I wish that the songwriters had maybe let let it left the song in the oven a bit longer and let it rise a little bit more. All right, and I've already given you one of my examples of this from a previous episode. Okay, and that was "Live and Let Die." Yes, for sure. That Where is it goes example. Reggae. Yep. Uh, you know, in the middle of the middle of a song, and let's make that our let's make that our sixth song. Okay. We'll make that because I couldn't. I only got five songs for this. There's no bonus song. Well, you know, so you got, now you got a bon- six. Bonus song is "Live and Let Die," and and interestingly enough, uh, I'm going to choose another song by the, by that band to talk about. But let me just go to my and list. And that band, if I remember the name right, is Wang's. You, Wang Chung. You are correct. Oh, sir. you yeah. know what? That's a song yeah. that gets really good in the middle, mm-hmm. where he's uh, doing the the fast stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah does uh, everybody had fun tonight? The yeah. rest of it you don't care for. Yeah. So let me go down th- my list of songs here: bubblegum songs, dog songs, movie songs, government employees, countdown songs. Oh, here it is: songs that fall apart. Okay. Uh, so the first one I chose... The Center Cannot Hold. Is that a song? Nope, but that's just a saying. Oh, okay. From, uh, that... Uh, from Life. No, from WB Yeats, right? Sure. What's it called? I don't know. Why are you doing this to me? Slouch. Why, why are you calling me out you on You know this? with the beast slouching to, to, ba- to, to yeah. Bethlehem or whatever? Yeah, you're it? right, but why are you doing this to me? Why are you calling me out like this I'm in front not trying of all to call the people? You out. <laughs> Would I do this to you? I wouldn't do this to you. So, um... I'm trying to... Dave. Yep. You're, do, you're doing terrible as my wingman here. Hmm. Okay. But, I think you mean wingman. Speaking of wings... Yep. What? Sorry, the, you the just song. Oh, I'm not gonna talk about wings. Actually, <laughs> uh, this song is uh, this song is by a band. Oh, it's okay. the first time I heard this song. Actually, I heard it live. I heard it live before I ever heard a, a recorded version of it, um, because I saw this band live before I ever heard anything recorded by them, and I just went because I'd heard that they were very good live. I heard that their that their album, the three EPs, was super strong and, and really good, but I hadn't heard those that yet. But they were coming to town, and I went and saw them, and it's. Probably ranks as my all-time favorite concert I ever went oh, to. Oh wow! Okay. The Beta Band and and they played the song live and I thought it was quite good. And then I got the record and it's not quite as wasn't quite as good as it seemed live. Like live, you know, it was a real kind of chugging song and it, you know everyone's kind of bouncing up and down to this really cool song. And the weak the weak part of it somehow kind of glossed over in, in the excitement live. But listening to it when you're driving in your car or whatever, then you're kind of you're listening to it and you're like, oh, this is so good, so good, so great. And then it gets to that part and you're just kind of like, nah, it's too bad. <laughs> so I'll I'll play that. Uh, this song is called "It's All Too Beautiful." It's from the Beta Band's second album, uh, the album they disowned. Um, and again, these are in no particular order. They're no particular it's order. It's not best to worst. It's not first I, to last. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of it that way. Just because it's too much work. They're so, all your children. So, you can't, uh, can't love either of them more than the others. I just can't put them in. Yeah, I just can't put them in that sort of right. way. So if you so, were to rank your children, yep, how would you rank them? How would I rank them? I would rank them first Mary. Yeah. First Eve. Very good. Um, so let me just... Okay, so we'll play the song. Here we go. This is so so. All, it's all. Oh, what's it, what do they call? It? Say it was it's called? all too beautiful. All too beautiful from uh, the Beta Band second album, which was called the Beta Band. So here we go. By the way, if you're hearing stuff in the background, uh, there's a party in the hall. <laughs> Are we invited? I don't know, but it's, it's an art thing. They're doing art. We're not invited. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
and then the drugs kicked in. <laughs> yeah, I just love the I just love the like the song itself. Yeah. And I just feel like they had that that you know that orchestral part which actually it, it, you, you would, of course wouldn't know this. Um you well, you wish I don't know how to say this. Anyway, you, you're calling me stupid. No, I'm not calling you stupid. It's just yeah, that you yeah, saw yeah, this yeah, you you've seen the movie that it's from. You probably just don't remember that that's from the soundtrack to the Black Hole, the Walt Disney. I have not seen the Black film. Hole. You never saw that movie. I keep trying to show, uh, watch it, and my wife keeps going, "Oh, come on!" Really? Yeah, because she saw it and it was uh, not good. Well, it came out the same summer as Star Trek, mm. the original Star Trek film, and and it was no good either. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is space when, was a shitty place to be when, that year. When I had a, my, I was going with some friends to see a movie, and we had a choice: we could see Star Trek. Or we could see the black hole, and I said we have to go see the black hole because Star Trek is horrible. So ah. I will not go see Star Trek. So we went and saw the the black hole, and I didn't hate it. Okay, the robots were fun. Yeah, yeah. Maximilian Shell is dramatic. It's oh, kinda, yeah, popcorn. It, it's kind of like two, twenty thousand leagues under the sea mm. in space, only not quite as good as the original twenty thousand leagues under the sea. But anyway, so it feels like was they, there a remake of twenty thousand leagues under the sea? You mentioned like the original twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Or you're saying I'm just saying that the remake would be the space version. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Um. And I don't, it's not an exact, not an exact, but this kind of has elements. Of it was no bed knobs and broomsticks. Is it what you're was saying. no. I was, well, what is the um? So that song, I feel like they had that orchestral part, and they really wanted to use it, and it didn't matter how little <laughs> it fit into the actual song. Yeah. They just had to put it in there, and like I say, live it worked okay because you didn't really, you know, there's you're, there's visual things happening. You know, they they have they always when they played they had. Um, like eight, you know, like these films that they like home movies that they made as a goof. They would have play, playing behind them. So even when the song kind of went off in its own weird place, you were still like, "Oh, well, that's a funny movie that I'm watching." At least so I can forgive this. And then, the, and then also the guy, one of the guys was actually live mixing it from a record mm, on, okay. on stage. So you know that element of it kind of sure. worked. But on the record, it just feels like the song is really great, and then it just hits that moment, and it just. It really, it just loses me. It loses me entirely. So that would be, that's song one. Very good. But I still love that song. Sure. Don't get me wrong. I love that song in every way, except for that way. Okay. I wish I could edit that part out. You can. I guess I could, but it's... Get a garage band. Fix like it up. cheating. All right. Uh, number two, number which isn't two. really number two. It so, any number. Call it number three if you feel like it. You know, I am not, I am not a fan of, of popular music. Ugh. For whatever reason... Mostly, Ugh. mostly snobbishness. You will, uh, you will never uh, play with your boat in the mainstream. Is I what will. You're saying. <laughs> that's what I, exactly where I will never play with my boat. You know why? Because it's going to go down to the sewer, and that clown's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that clown. And so I don't really like, I don't really like popular bands. So, so if a band who's popular makes a song that I like, you write a hate or an artist. To them. <laughs> no, I do not. Yeah. I just accept the fact that it's a great song, and I should like it. Kind of like Ray of Light by Madonna. I'm not a big Madonna fan. I've never liked anything by her from the time of Holiday and all the rest of her, you know, songs that right. Papa Don't Preach and all those songs that everyone loved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, it's okay. Or she's not a great singer. Right. But for whatever you reason. You just like the book Sex. That's it. That's the only thing you like about I, I enjoy book Sex. Mm. Yeah. But uh, for whatever reason, the song Ray of Light, maybe maybe I like the producer William Orbit. I don't know. Right. But this thing about that song, I really, I love that song. Sure. I love Ray of Light. I think it's a great song. I, I like it as well. So you like Copycat. Ray of Light, and yeah. you like her in Dick Tracy, and that's it. I don't like her in Dick Tracy. <gasps> <laughs> that's so when I heard this song by a popular band, I, I heard it, and I was like, "Oh, this song is great! I'm this is like this. What a what a great song! I was so excited to hear it, mm-hmm. and then it just it goes from like 
very interesting or or very what's the word very um good good interesting <laughs> very you know something that makes you interested in the song right like i don't know and tasting's not the right word but something right. that grabs your attention what's another word for thesaurus another word for thesaurus <laughs> word book uh i you know i just i heard it and i was just like oh this is great oh this is a really good song this is really exciting and then it just fucking falls apart like in more than 20 seconds i don't know how long it is but it just it just ends up in garbage town and you're like mm. oh and I don't know what they could have done. Like, I'm not a songwriter, so I can't suggest, like, what could have made it better or what they should have done or, or whatever. Like, I just know that it went was really interesting, and then it just went to poopy town. All right. So I'm going to play the song for you. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Okay. I'm just going to play it. And people I am c- bad at music quizzes, but let's, listen, let's let the uh, we'll, audience uh, decide. Yeah, yeah, they can decide. They can let decide. God judge. So I, and because I refuse to own this song, I'm going to play it from YouTube. Oh, for Ian here, okay. so uh, so, but I will figure. So you end up paying more for it through data. I figure out. <laughs> I have lots of data. I'll figure oh, out. A lot of love, oh, Mr. Yeah, Jelly, well, a lot yeah, of data. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's called data. But anyway, um, oh yeah. <laughs> well, this one speaks proper English. Oh, well. um, so then um, I'll, I'll figure out some way that I don't, you know, some sneaky way to play it on on the show. But I'll play it for you now, okay. and you guys will hear it uh, in some other form. All right, here it is. Enjoy the beginning of the song and then don't enjoy the rest of it. Or do enjoy it if you like it. I can't speak to that. It's your own problem. And if you don't like it, you can lump it. You can also lump it. Take it down the street and dump it. Here we go. Stop it there. Okay. We'll stop it. We'll stop it early. I don't want to play the whole song. That is the second favorite version of that song that it's uh, out there for me. Well, what's your first version? Ah, that's a good question. What a leading question I just led <laughs> you into. Uh, it's uh, they did it on uh, the Cleveland show, and it was okay. Rollo and Cleveland Junior, mm. and they sing the song, and mm. they actually sing a version of it that I really like. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I have not heard that because I never watched that show, but. That sounds interesting. It's too mainstream for you. I it's understand. not that it's too mainstream. It's just it's too much related to that other shows I don't like, like Family Guy. Oh, uh, so uh, Family Guy's okay. It had a really it had half of a really great episode. 
and that was it. Wow. I think this might just be you losing interest halfway through things. <laughs> no. Did no. you lose interest halfway through this episode? <laughs> what? Are you talking? Uh, the um, That was obviously the Black Eyed Peas, yep. who I believe are a Canadian act. Oh, I would not know, but really? Oh, that's an interesting... Oh, I would not have guessed I, that. I don't know. I, 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 thought, I think they are. I might be wrong. Okay. Um... If yeah. not, what an interesting choice and, you to know, have made. Pretty much, pretty much garbage town. All their, all their music to me. Okay. But then strong feelings. Just an opinion. But then I heard that song and I was like, oh, it's, who's this Black Eyed Peas? This is really good. Like I, I didn't expect these guys to make a, a song that is, and it, you know, and it has that really great start, and you're really like building to something, and you think it's going to go really great, and then it just goes from this really enticing opening to garbage town <laughs> and someone's just yelling at you and you're just and it's just no there's it's just a bunch of pounding and someone talking and you're just like ugh, so much for that nice try guys i didn't play it all because i don't like it Apparently i don't you think you have no. to, i don't think you should listen to it either okay if you want to listen to it listen to it in your own time not on my time <laughs> but Jeez, okay again strong feelings so there you go that's the song that kind of fits what what dylan was saying which is a song that starts strong and then this goes down the tubes all right tanks it i don't mind where it goes yeah i'm fine with it whatever but so i then, don't mind mainstream music it's you know i like call, it's very popular i like call me popular maybe. music is quite popular i i know and there's some of it that's good and a no. lot of it and you enjoy good. pop culture you're gonna see a marvel movie when it comes out mm-hmm. and i some of, some of them will like and some of them won't like and you know what you drive on the highway it's life, a very popular road yeah life is you, a highway Huh? I'm going to drive it all night long. That was featured on uh, Family Guy this week. You would have known that if you'd watched the show. <laughs> Dosh, they kept cutting it. back to the video yeah. and uh, and incorporating characters in it. It's quite good. Oh, cool. Um, so our next song <laughs> on this list of things is, this might be controversial for people out there, it's going to be a wing song. I know people are going to say, but Dave. You're a real wing nut. You love the Beatles. Okay. I'm not a huge wing nut. You <laughs> love the Beatles. And I'm going to be, yeah, I love the Beatles. They're great. And then they broke up, and they became individuals. And what they lacked—they they were individuals. Before what as they well, lacked, too. well, but but individuals working individually from each other, good. not not as a not as a combo, okay. not as a beat combo. But and what they lacked as individuals was that editorial voice, that other person who could be in control and say to them, "You know what we need is this song longer." Like I know that you've done this much of the song, and you now you're thinking, "I can't figure out where to go next." So now I'm just going to go from this really great song into a, an okay song that's kind of weaker, and I'm not going to finish it in any way that's that's pleasing, even though I'm <laughs> going to have a reprise of the song on the record. It's still not going to be as good as the opening. Okay. And you're going to spend, and someone's going to spend the rest of their life going, "Gee, I wonder where that song could have gone. It would have been really nice if Paul had like written a chorus and a middle eight for that, and maybe made it to like a two and a half minute long song, and it would have been really pretty. And instead." We got this. Good friend of mine follows the star. 
So almost all Wings songs that I've heard, uh, they get bored with the song halfway through and just go, let's do something <laughs> else, right? Is that well, the way it goes? It's all, it, you know, it's almost, it kind of falls into that, uh, the uh, Abbey Road medley, which, you know, is a really lovely medley. Mm-hmm. But the reason it was made is because the Beatles, they didn't have the energy to finish all those snippets of songs. Sure, sure. So they just strung them together. They pythoned it. Yeah, they pythoned it, I guess, yeah. And so... And so this song, and I don't feels mean that like as that a snake, too. but as in Monty Python never had endings and would just mm-hmm. lead from one thing mm-hmm. to another. I know you got it. I don't want the nice people out there to get it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for explaining to them. Thanks for condescending. The uh, the thing about yeah, I just feel like that song suffers from just not having a John there or someone there who could say, "Hey, I've got a middle eight idea for this song. Mm-hmm. I've got something we can do." Like so, Paul, you know, got it that far into the song, and I love, you know, I love the instrumentation of that song. I love his voice. It's got this kind of interesting effect. It's not reverb. It's almost like a. Fl- it almost kind of flattens his voice in this interesting way, and this kind of it paints this great image of you know going to a rock concert and sitting there waiting for the show to begin. And I just, and and then it just stops from that, and then it kind of kind of dies out, and then goes into rock show, which is a song which for a long time. And actually, when I was listening to it again for for, for the show. Or for this episode, or this part of the show, I was, I was, uh, I was kind of like, well, you know what, this song isn't that bad. But for a long time, I hated Rock Show because it interrupted Venus and Mars, and I mm. love that song so much. And I was just, I was like, why am I listening to this piece of garbage? This stupid song, this rock and roller song, when I could be listening to like another minute and a bit of of Venus and Mars. Like that song needs like it needs an end. It needs a, a, a you know a thing. It needs whatever it takes to finish that song. A chorus and a, and a middle eight or whatever and. A bridge and then a solo and then that's the you know the end of the song like it needs something more like it and they do do a, like I said they do they do a reprise of that song later on on the on the album but it it goes from that and it leads into the into this kind of a song I think is kind of yucky called Spirits of, of Ancient Egypt and you know it's just eh, same thing again like no and it's not as good and it's not it's not focused on on like the concert element of it it's something to do with aliens. And then it goes into this Egypt song. Like, it's just like, uh, why? What? Go, come on. Quit smoking so much pot, Paul. And get get off the pot and get on the working hard. Strong words, delivered well. But anyway, that's... that's like, also, yeah. by the way, uh, something I've heard is uh, mm. men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Maybe mm. that song uh, inspired that. And Wings Records are from New Orleans. <whistles> so uh, this... So that was... That's where I stand on that. Sure. Because that's just... You know, if you're going to talk about a song that... The song itself, I love. It's just it 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 ends in a disappointing way. It goes, it ends up too quickly, and then it just goes into a song that I, I don't really care for. Well, again, uh, the the famous wing songs that I know for the most part all all start someplace and go someplace very different. <laughs> Even like Band on the Run, which I really like. Yeah, I mean that's just like well, you might you, you can like the whole song, but you mm. probably like parts of the song, and then it goes somewhere else. Yeah, and again, Live and Let Die, and then it goes reggae on you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's that's an agree. That's one thing uh, that's an about temporary secretary. It's uh, oh, wait, that's not Wings. That's just Paul McCartney. Isn't that's it? Paul McCartney. Yeah. Oh fuck it. Okay, then McCartney too. McCartney too. All right. Good album, Waterfalls. That's a good song. Uh, so let's talk about music, pop music, and so um, this is a popular band that we were kind of talking about during the show. But you don't like popular music, Dave. I do like popular music. Wait a minute. Popular is this not in the you? Past. Is that the whole thing? Oh, popular in the past. That is that is the great hypocrisy of all music snobs. Mm. So um, because what happens is over time, music levels out because you don't know because it has no context for you anymore. 
So say you like a band called the Monkees because you you watched them as a kid on television and you like the music a lot that they played. I, I it, do. And it had Is no, this a cold reading you're doing? Because I do like them. <laughs> it had no context for you. Mm. You didn't listen to them and go, these guys are just a bunch of phony Beatles put together by a studio to cash in. Because I'm a music snob. I don't like That's them. That's right. Popular music isn't about money. They're ruining it. <laughs> what do you mean a band is imitating the Beatles at that time when the That's Beatles right. is the most popular thing ever? Exactly. What are they thinking? Exactly. So you, what is that, common we, sense? We don't have that context mm. that, that existed at that time. Okay. So if we were music snobs in the 60s, we wouldn't have liked the Monkees because mm. they were, you know, the faux Beatles. They were the, what do they call them? There's a name for them. Those like the Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> the fetal yes there was fetal syndrome they no what was it uh, there's a name for them. anyway i can't remember what it was so but if you're a music snob you probably stopped liking the beatles as well too because it was so popular that you couldn't like it at the time the, well but they always changed it up in a way that made them you know what i mean like you could still like them because they weren't always the same okay like they didn't keep cashing in on their sound they were i just see that snob still smoking a pipe in the pub they weren't doing Beatlemania mania in, in 1967 yeah. they were they had changed you know and embraced the way that the counterculture was changing. Until you know, they did it in a way that. Wait a minute! Are you doing a Beatles podcast on me now? I am doing a Beatles. We had podcast. a deal, man. We did this. <laughs> stay on track. Stay on target. Our new show, Meet oh, the Beatles. Wait a minute. Uh, so this is how I got I got lured into this van before. <laughs> so now the Monkees, as we know, they were a fake band. They really were a fake band. They were right. they were a group of. Some musicians and some actors. Right, because they went like, you know what? I don't think that Charles Manson is uh, the guy for us. And they uh, sent him away. Mm -hmm. well, they also happened. said that to Stephen Stills. True. They also said that to uh, John Sebastian. So they also said that to Van Dyke Parks. A lot of people went and, and tried to get become a monkey and mm -hmm. only four succeeded. Right. And many of them who succeeded were already mysteriously signed to Coal Gems, the Columbia subsidiary oh, record label, okay. like Davy Jones and Mike Nesmith. Then at the time, Mike Blessed. But, um, of course, uh, David Jones, the uh, fun little bit of trivia is for the uh, first time that the Beatles appeared on Ed Sullivan, who was also on the show, David Jones. Hmm. That's right. Doing his Oliver Twist. Oh, really? You knew that. <laughs> you knew that. But, Don't I, even I'm start. Just, I'm just helping you out. So uh, so the monkeys were you know, put together. They were, like, we were talking about earlier about Mickey Dolenz, who sure. was an actor, played Circus Boy. Uh, Peter Tork, who was a folk musician in New York, was chosen. He played he played the dumb guy. He played the dumb guy in the edition, and they really liked it. Uh, Davy Jones was already uh, an up and coming performer Charmer. and star, and he was signed to Cold Gem Records. Very handsome, very small. Uh, you know, so he was he was in the pocket. He didn't have to do much of an edition. Merely right. had to go in there. And he was a proof. blessing to Walter Koning, who would later be uh, cast as the Davy Jones of Star Trek. Was that right? Yeah. Well, he looked like David Jones from the Monkees, and so that's why they you cast so? him. Yeah. Hmm. No. Uh, yeah. That's that's why they cast really? him because he looked like David Jones from the Monkees. Uh, that's why he had the same haircut. And then uh, once again, Michael Nesmith, who who um, was also a folk musician, had done a few singles under the name Michael Blessed, and uh, was also signed to Cold Gems. Once again, had a bit of an in to get into the Monkees, right. but all and of them had were no hired. idea he was wearing a toque. He had no idea that whole time. No idea. <laughs> uh, the uh, they signed them. They they produced the show. The Monkees were the Monkees, and they began to chafe. Under the rule of Don Kirshner, the the impresario, the who basically he was the music manager of the Monkees. He would hire the producers and the songwriters, and they would produce the 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 sound, they produce the music, and then one monkey might go in and sing, add his vocals to what was already uh, uh, done. Basically, last train to Clarksville was done. And Mickey Dolenz came into the studio, sang his part, and then he left. 
it was already, you know, it already had the session musicians that played their parts, the background singers were all done. No other monkeys were on that song. But over time, they kind of, you know, said, well, I'd like to play and I'd like to put some of my own songs in and things. And then, and then they, they really started to like, wanted to, to, and they're kind of encouraged by the producers of the show, uh, Bob Raffleson, and I can't remember the name of the other guy who produced it, uh, might pop in my head, but they, um, they were kind of, they were kind of proto, they were kind of hippie-ish guys. And so they kind of liked the idea of this band sort of, you know, becoming its own thing. And so they kind of encouraged this. And eventually Don Kirshner was fired and the monkeys sort of took over their own sound. And they, to prove that they were a real band, they recorded an album as a band. So Mike, Mickey Dolan's actually played drums on the album. Right. And Peter and, and Mickey played, played guitar and bass and, and, and keyboards on it. And David Jones played maracas. And so they had this actual band. Now, did Mickey uh, Delenn's, uh, was did he have any musical experience before the Monkees? Nope. nope. He just learned to play the drums. Okay. Because they also toured live. No, I understand and played that. Their, played sometimes. Like, I know David Jones, of course, was like, uh, you know, uh, doing musicals. Mm-hmm. So he had the pipes, sure, obviously. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, but uh, Mickey, Mickey Delenn's, they, they must have, like, tested him for, like, singing and whatnot. Or was he just, because he, he was able to later on sing pretty good. He yeah. was basically the lead singer for the for most of their big hits. Yeah, like he sings "Last Train to Clarksville" and yeah. "I'm Not Your Stepping Stone." Yeah, and he's Stone a guy and... who you would not think yeah. like, oh, how is who knows Circus Boys got the pipes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. apparently he did. But yeah, and they didn't really they didn't really care about that when they when they hired him. They wanted they just wanted personalities. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for a particular chemistry amongst the. the and I gotta say, like, I think uh, by the way, here comes another uh, uh, siren, which mm-hmm. no bothers you as a criminal. Um, <laughs> I think I Arch think criminal. He had a he had a nasal quality to him. That uh, I think added, this is just me, what do I know about music? Nothing. Me, me uh, neither. But he didn't have that, uh, like when David Jones sang, he was very, you know, musical. Yes, it was he a musical had that theater Anthony kind of, Newley kind yeah, of Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. But like there was a sincerity to uh, to uh, Mickey DeLenz's mm-hmm. singing. And I yeah. think it was because he had a little bit of that twang. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, uh, uh, Michael Nesmith also had a twang, but yeah. he had a self-aware twang. Like to me, he was all, all always like fully knowing what he was doing. Yeah, you know, and I don't know what uh, Peter Tork's deal was, but uh, but yeah, it <laughs> gave it a Peter bit Tork of a sincerity, know. and it made it sound yeah. a little different than anything else that you were hearing, and mm-hmm. also took it out from being a Beatles thing. A Mickey DeLenz song doesn't sound like, or him singing a song doesn't sound like the Beatles, whereas yeah. David Jones, uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it bit. has a little bit of that too. Yeah, That's it's true. Just the British accent, if nothing else. So. Uh, so the monkeys decided they were going to do this album all by themselves. It's called Headquarters. Is the name of the album. Did that come before or after the movie Head? Um, much before, yeah. Okay. Or I would say about a couple of years before. In the 60s, in terms of 60s time, much before the movie Head. And, sorry, it, the saying Head, was that like a stoner thing or was that a sexual thing or what was the... Uh, head was a stoner thing, yeah. Head was a person who took, uh, I think, like acid and stuff like that. So Headquarters was, uh, was, Probably a, was a play a, on that. Play on that, for Very sure. Very good. And it was produced by a friend of the band, this guy named Chip Douglas, who had played bass in the Turtles and in the modern uh, modern folk quartet. And then uh, he decided he was going to become a producer, so he he was brought in by the Beatles. And for the same reason, he also was brought in as a producer for the Turtles, which is it was something they knew they could push around because <laughs> he was a friend, so they could you know get away with more. And so Chip Douglas plays bass on uh, Headquarters and added some other instrumentation and and, and kind of and, and brought uh, a kind of pop. A, you know, a pop awareness. Like he's a pretty, pretty good aware producer who could bring on that kind of pop element of the band. Now the Monkees were a lot of things. They weren't great musicians, but they could, they could be a band, which is more important than being a great musician because a band is not about, it's not about 
who's best at something. It's about how it coheres and the sound that you create. And the monkeys had a really interesting sound together. Mm -hmm. Their vocal blend and stuff like that. But here's who they weren't. They were not the Beach Boys. And so when they decided in a song that actually was not released at the time, but was recorded during the time of headquarters, when they decided in a song to do a Beach Boys-y sort of moment in the song with some vocal harmony, it doesn't work so well. Uh It doesn't work so well. Can you prove that to me, Dave? Because it's not in tune. (laughs) So let's listen to this song. It's a good song. I love the song. It's got a bouncy harpsichord, which wins me over. Okay. If you you put a harpsichord in a song or a tack piano or a jingle box piano, as the Beatles called it, or jangle box, whatever. Let's call it a tack piano. If you have a song like that, sound like that in your song, Dave's on your team. Dave's like, I'm in. I'm all over this song. This is a great song. Oops. Decided to do... Decided to do a break, a vocal breakdown in the middle of the song, like your God only knows the era Beach Boys. Please be good at singing. Oh, too bad. Let's hear this song. All right.
So it's a good song. Right. I I like it a lot, but uh, that that vocal thing. Now, d- this, did this song ouch. come out before or after the? It never came out. This was never released. Never released. Yeah, this okay, is an right. unreleased song from uh, the. the uh, it's on the box set. Listen to the band. That's where I first heard it and went, okay. this is a really good song. I can't believe this song didn't come out. Why wouldn't they release a song like this? It's so, oh, okay, yep. there, that's why. They weren't no auto-tune. Because they did not have auto-tune. They didn't have auto-tune, and I think that, although Chip Douglas was a good producer, he was no, like, Boyce and Hart, who produced, like, the early hits, who wrote Last Train to Clarksville and stuff like that, who could lay down a vocal bed. Mm. You know, they did the harmonies and stuff like that in the background of the song. And because the Monkees, when they did Headquarters, they wanted it to be just themselves. They didn't want any help. They don't want anyone coming from outside and, and helping them. Uh, it really kind of hurts them uh, because they just they needed a little bit of professional singers behind them just to kind of just give a little sheen to it. You know? Yeah, you know, there's people at that time who, you know, worked in, in uh, worked in in Hollywood or worked in the music industry in L.A. You know, like Kurt Betcher and and people around him or or the Adrisi brothers or lots of different people who you could bring in. And they could just add like sweet Billy Nichols, another one. They could add just that sweet sound to your song, and just and just give it a nice a nice sound. But but I think to the Monkees at that moment, and it was only one album. The next album, uh, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones, the Monkees just returned to using session musicians and just putting their vocals mm-hmm. on songs that weren't necessarily theirs. Some of them were, some of them weren't. And uh, so it was just this one album where they were a full-on band. And yeah, just you know, like I say, it just doesn't quite work. There's just it's a little sour those uh, notes, and if you're, I, I don't have perfect pitch, but I I can hear when, when voices aren't quite singing together quite right in that song. Ouch. Fair enough. So, uh, but still, great song. Yeah. And it's sad that it wasn't released because I think it's a very good song. Also a good song. Ouch. By the Ruddles. <laughs> yes. Yep. Once again, another prefab band. Mm. Not a real band. Now. Um... We have one more song. We have one more song. All right. So, everybody, uh, if you're on your treadmill right now, uh, hit your cool down button now because yep. you got about five minutes to cool down. Well, you don't. Oh, what's You don't on? have five minutes. How long is this song? This is a long song. Are you going to play it all? Oh, I'm going to play it all. I'm not going to play it all for you. Oh, God bless your heart. But I'm going to play it all. You're a gentleman. For the dear listeners out there. Okay. So, uh, so Stairway stare to Heaven? <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. Stairway to Heaven is a great song from beginning to end. Okay. Even if you're bored of Stairway to Heaven, even if it comes on and you're like, you know what I hate? I hate Stairway to Heaven because I've heard this song a gajillion yeah. times and I never, oh, this is a really good song. Yeah. Oh, this is really good. Oh, man. Oh, I forgot about this part of the song. Man, this song is good. Oh, I, I forgot. This is such a great you song. You know, now that you're mentioning this, I have something I want to play too, which is uh, Wagner's uh, Ring Cycle. And it really falls <laughs> apart around the second day. So let me just uh, start that up oh, now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it does sort of fall apart. The Pick it up, day. Siegfried. So this song, actually, you know what? I, I kind of stole the song from Mary. Oh, not the song. It's her. It's not her song, but her. She doesn't like stole this song. the song from Mary. Sounds like a she, good '90s band she, title. She lo- she likes the beginning of the song and she doesn't like the end of the song. Okay. Now, so do you agree with her? I don't mind it. I can understand okay. why it would bother people the way the song. So ends. if you don't like, if you disagree with this. Send your emails to her. That's right. Get Care mad, of us. We're get not going to give her yeah. email. We're out. not going to give out her email address. Okay. Uh, but uh, send send your complaints to us, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Yeah. And uh, let us know. Not going to give away her email address. But say uh, attention, Mary. Uh, on that. fan at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, it's it's an old it's an older email address sure. now, obviously. Um, as long as it's not Paul McCartney lover, because I know that one gets you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> PM lover. PM lover. I'm oh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen yeah. to all our old episodes and you'll hear that <laughs> you'll, story twice. You'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. You'll get all the references mm. that we have to make. So now this song is by Sufjan Stevens. It comes um, from his second box set of Christmas songs. You might know him from the Academy Awards this year. He did play the Academy Awards. Very low-key. Very low-key song. I've heard all the other ones. We're here to be big. I'm just going to play a small song yeah. from a movie. You're either going to like it or you're not. There's no other choice. So now... Um, Sufjan Stevens has done two different box sets of Christmas songs. When he was younger, he would uh, record uh, maybe four, four or five songs, some of them original, some of them not, some of them covers, and they send them to friends as sort of oh, a Christmas that's gift. Nice. And eventually he, he boxed them up, I think four or five of these, of these little EPs, into one mega package with posters and stickers and all the rest of that oh, stuff. Cool. Really okay. nice. Uh, and then he did another one. Now, this one came from when, you know, the first one is when he's young optimistic his music career is starting to happen mm -hmm. everything's great he's really happy sounds good really fun oh good on him i hope things work out the second set oh shit Silverfield, came from a time when he was a little more conflicted about his okay. religion and about about christmas and stuff like that and what mm. it meant to him and the songs take on a kind of a different cast a different sort of sound and a little bit more searching a little bit more ironic a little more distance a little okay. distancing from christmas and they're still traditional mm -hmm. stuff that he does but he'll do the christmas uh, traditional song and he'll just deconstruct it in some sort of electronic buzz and do things like that you know and it kind of reflects his his ambivalence about what christmas is what it has become in our culture yeah. and what All it means right. for him now sofan stevens is religious so he writes songs from a believing point of view but from a doubting point of view as well uh an exploring point of view now, this song is, is um, from uh, the box set is called Silver and Gold, but this, this EP that's on it is called uh, Christmas Infinity Voyage, Songs for Christmas, Volume 8, uh, which continues on from the first collection. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it has, like I say, some covers like Angels We Have Heard on High and It Came Upon a Midnight Clear and Good King Wentzless and things like that, but it also has Alphabet Street by Prince on it. I don't know what it has to do with Christmas, but hmm. what the heck? There's room for everything. Okay. Uh, now, this is an original from Sufjan. It's called The Child with a Star on His Head. And if you listen to the lyrics, uh, I think they're very special and reflect how he's feeling about Christmas at this time and maybe just about the world in general. Um, and I'm going to play it for you. And, well, Ian and I are going to hear snippets. Okay. Because I don't want Ian to have to sit through okay, the entire right. song. But you, dear listener, are now going to spend 15 minutes and 30 seconds listening to this song unless you know how the fast forward button works. and unless you want to skip forward which you're welcome to do so yeah. because get off the treadmill it's going to be it's going to be a normal song it's going to be a very beautiful song yep. and then it's going to go to a different place by the way if you're wondering why this episode was so long this is why, <laughs> this is why. you're looking at well that's longer than normal that's <laughs> this is why
There's a time when young men must grow up and be brothers. Are you afraid of growing too fast? And the child with the star on his head. Shoulders and the mother with the child on her breast. Blessed is she among women. And the trust we put in things, in small ideas, in engineering, the world of sports, and second best. Consequences we will not put to rest.
You know, you know how I said I felt about Don Martin cartoons. Mm-hmm. Similar. Yeah. Similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. That make me physically ill if Is I right? listen to that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you skipped over bits. It was just like uh, uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, be, my brain the, would be looking for an escape. The like listeners just clawing on the inside the, of my head, just going can't. Those hearty souls mm. who listen to all of it, you have my admiration. Now I'll say right now, I actually enjoy that song. I enjoy yeah. the entirety of that song. I. I I, I understand. I love the beginning more than the rest of it, but I feel like it's all of a part that he's singing sure. about his feelings about Christmas, about, you know, it's called a child with a star on his head, obviously a reference to Christ. But he's also talking about, you know, the empty tree and the, these elements of the, you know, these elements of Christmas that don't feel like it belongs to us and maybe uh, spoil us or maybe you know, the sort of negative elements of Christmas. Um, and so I feel like the rest of the song, to go into like this sort of long searching guitar solo and then have that fade out into into just electronic noise and squonking and, and the rest of it, you know, it's a, it's still intentional. It's not an accidental thing that he's doing. And so I, to me, it's it's of a piece with the whole feeling of the song. And I, and I have no problem with that. But I can also understand that if you love the beginning of it, your feeling is that you don't need the rest of that part of it. Mm-hmm. That he's, you've said enough in the beginning of the song, and we don't need ten more minutes of of guitar solo going into squonking noises. And so, yeah, I can I'll, I will honor both feelings to that song. That you know, I understand that you know if you, people don't like it, that's understandable because I don't think he wants you to like it. Mm-hmm. I think he wants it to be an ordeal and to f- have that feeling of of the ordeal of Christmas go, go through that song. Yeah, and I think. What I'm looking forward to a lot, and I hope he does it, is another set of of Christmas uh, EPs that maybe reflect where he is now, having come gone through a, an emotional time, having gone through a dark time in his life, um, and to come out to this point where he is now, and maybe you know reflect on on, on what it means to him now, because I think it's an interesting journey that he's gone so far. 
Now, you don't normally listen to lyrics. Lyrics aren't your thing. No, no, I wouldn't say that I don't listen to lyrics. When I say I don't... All right, let's play back old episodes of the show and mm-hmm. take a listen to what Dave said. Yeah. I don't like lyrics. <laughs> it's not that I don't Lyrics like... mean nothing to me. <laughs> All right, there. That yeah, was... because I, when I say lyrics mean nothing to me, it's sort of a reaction. I was driving along with a friend of Lisa's one time, and she said, before I listen to a record, I read the lyrics. Oh. And if I don't like the lyrics, I won't listen to the record. Oh. And that's not important to me. Like what the artist is okay. saying in that way isn't important. I'm not re- I don't react to a song based on the content of the song. I react to a song based on the, the music in the song. And that's mm-hmm. what interests me in, in the song. I do like, you know, I do listen to the lyrics because I like to sing along with songs that I love. And I, I'll sing along with, I'll sing along with lyrics that mean nothing. I'll sing along with yummy, yummy, yummy. I've got love in my tummy. Mm-hmm. I'll because sing along with do? that because I have lots of love in my tummy. And, and I'll sing, sing along with this song, which is a much deeper and more, res- more resonating song. But, and the lyrics do mean something in this song. But even if they meant nothing, I would still enjoy the song. I would still enjoy the tune of the song. It might not have the same meaning to me. And I, maybe I wouldn't have as much patience with the, the rest, the other 10 minutes of the song if, the, if I didn't think the lyrics had as much importance. But yeah, I think there's lots of songs, especially in Silver and Gold, and the song Silver and Gold in particular, and listener Trevor Lynn, he knows what I mean because I sent him that song on a mixtape. Hey, Trevor. But, hi, Trevor. Uh, and so um, that song is another song that uh, takes a very deep look at, at our feelings about Christmas and, and, and everything. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't want people to think that I don't value lyrics at all. It's just that I don't overvalue them and they're not, they're not as important to me as the music. I, you can have like the most important lyrics that have ever been put to paper and sung but if the tune isn't interesting to me, then I could care less about them. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned like that uh, art that can be an ordeal. Uh, I have, uh, I have. That's this is where I'm like a rube, a hick, a philistine. Okay. I've got uh, little to no patience for art that's an ordeal yeah, for the most yeah. part, except maybe a David Lynch TV series. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll deal with that. But for the most part, yeah, yeah. it's like you know, I just want to go like, what? Just tell it to me, mm. like. Don't tell it to me in a poem that goes forever and then mm-hmm. you scream at me. <laughs> I just, I, I just don't, I've seen a lot of it. Sure. I don't have patience for it. And like, uh, when I, when I feel like someone is trying to make me uncomfortable with their art, yeah. Yeah. uh, it, it works. It works. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of, uh, of investing my time in something that's like okay. purposely trying to make me feel uncomfortable. Uh, it's for, yeah. it feels like it's forcing me on a journey to feel something. Uh, and that it, uh, I don't, I don't much care for it for the most part. I mean, of course, all art, you know, yeah, well, art isn't necessarily all about positivity or, or that, but like, so you, so how did you feel about a movie like The Lobster, for instance? I think I'm that, not going to see that. I think that movie is a bit of an ordeal. I read the plot and I don't want to see it. Hmm, it's a good you know, film. It's I'm a really sure, good I'm film. sure it is. I have no interest in it. Um, what about a movie like Safe, the Todd Haynes film with Julianne Moore? How do you? Wow, you're mentioning all these movies I have not seen, okay. and I do see quite a few movies. Sorry about that. That's okay. That movie is an ordeal as well. It's mm-hmm. a, a weirdly grueling movie. Okay. To watch, and it's not unpleasant. It's just, it's just. It's a mysterious film. It's kind of grueling to watch, and it's right. meant to be that. Though I think you're meant to, f- 
it's putting you in this person's place. Sure, sure. And it's meant to. Have I, that I get the reason. I get the reasons for mm -hmm. it, and I get artistically why yeah. you're doing it. I'm just saying that probably is not how I want to spend my time. Is in another artist's uncomfortableness, or what they want to project is the. Uh, to, if someone yeah. wants to make me feel bad and i understand yeah. that's something that you can do as an artist yeah. and i probably do as an artist too at times uh i'm just i'm i'm often not on board for that you know huh. yeah it's interesting yeah i i don't want it i don't want it artlessly done i don't want to go see a Gigi allen who is dead so i can't see him but i i, I wouldn't be interested in that sort mm -hmm. of ordeal let me let me go with this let's go with like a, an andy kaufman and Andy Kaufman mm. reading a great Gatsby or something yeah. and then starting again. Like, again, it sounds like a great story like later, <laughs> yeah. but I would not have wanted to be in the audience okay. at that time. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I've been through that with, like, other forms of comedy where clearly the people on stage want to make me uncomfortable. Sure. That's part of what they're delivering. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I've only got a certain amount of time in my life. Mm. I don't know. Do I want to spend uh, 15 <laughs> minutes right now? Uh, hearing, hearing well, trying, yeah, no, it's it's I'm it's interested. making me feel uncomfortable in a mm. in a very classy, uh, very artistic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is wonderful sandpaper that's rubbing against my skin, <laughs> you know, and it was artisanally made, and I understand it's uh, it's being done by a clown, yeah. you know, dressed as uh, Stalin. Um, I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I'm Hitler, uh, but maybe I don't want to. Maybe it's not not for me. And again, that's where I'm the uh, where I'm bad on me i guess I you know on that I, don't think, I think it's a neutral thing i don't think it's something that's either good or bad it's, it's not a, uh, it's you taste. know it's it's like what do i want to invest my time in yeah you know because i can only consume so many things mm -hmm. and it's like you know i don't mind a little bit of discomfort but uh you know if you're you know it's a that's a thing that's a yeah hey, let's go with this let's go with this you and me once sat down and we watched a movie called finnegan's chin sure and we wanted to see another movie and it was on double bill with finnegan's chin and finnegan's yeah. chin started and the whole idea behind that was wanting to make us feel uncomfortable. I don't know if it's about a discomfort of that film. I think that film is more about... It's a guy who's shaving, and they yeah. keep going back in time, and you see him mm -hmm. shaving again. Go back in time, a little bit more of him shaving. That's a lot of repetition. You yeah. see the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again mm -hmm. to the point where like it's it's kind of painful to watch. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I, yeah. I was physically ill by the end of that because of... Uh, sheer i, I hate I repetition bored. i was bored of yeah that. and boredom can make me feel physically ill but huh. also just repetition really messes me up huh. yeah i do actually I, I like repetition i like a song that that kind of purposefully just grinds away uh and repeats itself mm -hmm. endlessly I, that, I do enjoy that uh, and like the song repetition for instance but i uh yeah i I have no problem with that. I, I like the, I like that, uh, like, you know, an example by a popular band would be I Want You, She's So Heavy by, by the Beatles. I like that song a lot. And that song sure. is all about repetition. It's just a, re I also repeats don't like the riff and it repeats it ad nauseum. In sketch comedy, and I like sketch comedy, but when I see a sketch and the sketch is a listing sketch mm -hmm. and it's just like you get into a long list of something yeah. and that's the whole yeah. thing. Uh, I want it. I want out. Oh, I so like. You I don't feel, like the cheese shop sketch then. No, I'm fine with it. It's like <laughs> once you get once you're on board with it, yeah. and you get it. Yeah. And also, it's that's usually people's first listing sketch. Yeah. You know, because most people don't get out and see live comedy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you you're like, I get it, and now we're doing more of it. Yeah, I get it. Now you're just <laughs> now it's clever over funny to me. You know, and it can, and that's clever funny. can become funny. Yeah. And it can also become boring, mm -hmm. and then become funny again. Yeah. And I understand the dynamics of it, mm -hmm. and I've done it. Uh, but I don't care for it when I'm seeing it. And I'm like, Ugh, it's a listing sketch. Oh, it's listing. Here uh, we go. I don't mind. Once again, I don't mind that. Sure, I, sure. I like, I do like, um, 
a sort I do like a sort of grueling element to uh, I think that's why I was drawn to Andy Kaufman as a as a young man and I mean I remember seeing his his special which was showing like late at night because it's Andy Kaufman and there's no way they could do it as a primetime show mm-hmm. and that talk show special that he did yeah. had the guest was Cindy Williams I think from Laverne and Shirley and some other people I, I remember her on it because their segment was so uncomfortable so uncomfortable and the whole show was uncomfortable and I just remember just finding it fascinatingly interesting you yeah know? And, and it's it's funny in some ways but it's not funny in other ways you know it's just re- really more about just this whole uh, the feeling it gives you of 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 like this sort of wonderful unease you know it's, it's interesting i don't mind i don't mind sincerely uncomfortable yeah i think when one person has all the power in 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 it and then uh it's here's here's an example of something that's uncomfortable that i do like okay uh i was just watching the um gary shandling the zen diaries of gary shandling on okay. hbo which okay. is worth a, worth a, worth a watch i think you would like it okay um and they show uh this interview that uh that uh, that ricky gervais did with uh, gary shandling you're familiar with this where ricky gervais shows up at gary shandling's house and i think it was for the larry sanders show dvd set and he was like going to interview him and but ricky gervais was also doing a tv show at the time where he's interviewing people and so hey we'll both we'll do both we'll do it both at once okay but he showed up early to and he went through gary's kitchen and then gary shows up and he's joking with gary but gary isn't on board uh. and basically gary is uh just what's this about what's going on and he's and gary's joking back and then ricky's trying to joke back but they're joking in very different ways and they get to a point where like gary just goes like uh where ricky just goes well what do you want to do and just like just have a minute where we don't talk Let's just have a minute. And and Ricky's so just like saying nothing? Yeah, just like no, let's just gather our thoughts. Let's just have a minute. Yeah. Or we just uh we're just here. Yeah. We're not thinking. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just do that. So you're saying just let's a minute where we're and it's yeah, you see you see it's like genuinely uncomfortable. You're like thinking because it's Ricky Gervais, oh is he this kind of thing that he would do in his show yeah. where he's setting it up and he's controlling it, but he's not. Yeah. It, this is just a genuinely uncomfortable situation. Oh interesting. And it's on it's on YouTube. You can watch it there mm-hmm. if you want. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a bit of it on uh on, on the Zen diaries and you're like, oh it was all real. Yeah, he was just like just not having it. Just not interested in this. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But it was two funny people irritated with each other. Yeah, yeah. 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 Huh. I could well and I like that more than I think like one person who's creating an uncomfortable situation and kind of the stooge, the person who's like, you know, the the person who it's going to be uncomfortable for. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you're watching it that way. Yeah, it was interesting seeing like, oh, the power dynamic here makes it really interesting. Mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, did you read, we both bought it at the same time in a, in a weird way. That Andy Kaufman book about yeah, is this guy for real? This guy for real, and yeah. it's called it's by Box, Box Brown. Brown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did read that. What do you think of it? I didn't like it as much as Tetris, and I just finished Tetris oh, okay. by the okay. same person. Um, I read it, and it just kind of made me feel. Uh, it was like, okay, you know, it's it made me feel sad. Oh, really? It made me feel sad for that life. It was just like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what, as it does normally when I see things about Andy Kaufman, I'm like. I don't know what you wanted, and I hope you got it, but you were just yeah. confusing. But when you get to the point where at your funeral, all the people you work with don't show up because they're like, it's just a fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. You know, or maybe we don't want to show up. You know, I they don't like you enough them, to show yeah. up. Yeah. If, you've, if you've lived your life to the point where you're doing that, uh, I don't know what level of art you can you can achieve that you go like, and that's worthwhile. Yeah. You know, it was worthwhile having everyone I, I, I work with not like me. 
yeah, I think I really achieved something. Good for good for me. You know, it's like that. What that was, you know, job well done. Well, I mean, the book does take pains to show what he liked yeah. about wrestling and the creation of a persona, and you know, so I feel like he wanted to he, get people mad. He wanted to be the heel. Yeah. He wanted to get the reaction. Now, to me, if you want to parallel that with now, now t- to be fair, uh, he was an artist and he did art. Okay, so mm-hmm. we'll go with that. Yeah. But is but the reaction that he wanted to get from the audience, especially later, yeah, is it a million miles different from someone who is uh, on the internet on a message board just trying to get a reaction with something? I think you know, just I trying to so. drum up like people yeah. mad, like go on something where it's a sensitive topic mm. and just coming in and just dropping a turd and just being a being a jerk just to get some reaction. Like, is there what? How is how is that different than uh, his uh, lounge character? Who's just like Tony Clifton? Yeah. Tony Clifton. How how is how is being an online asshole yeah. different than being the in in person asshole who would spill a drink on the guy's wife so that the guy would like start yeah, a fight yeah. with him and then you know hopefully he take a swing at him because he wants to make them mad and ruin but their evening. The book takes pains to point out that he did not enjoy the Tony Clifton character and stopped doing it. He passed it on to Bob Zamuda, right, and didn't do it anymore. No, but he went like Bob Zamuda, you do it. So what? What the fuck does that mean? Still, still happening. I guess it's still happening, but he just he didn't enjoy that. He didn't enjoy playing that unpleasant of a character. It's weird. I know. I know they try to go with this he, thing about like there's a sweetness underneath, mm-hmm. and he's a loving person. And they keep trying to pull that. It's and hard. I'm like, is it or is he just a fucking bully? Is he a rich bully who wants to get a reaction from people and do this shit? Like I, I, you can call it, you can call it art, and it is art. But can an artist also be a bully? You know, if you've got all the power, and you know, you're this uh, guy who's—I don't know if you're a millionaire working on taxi, but you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're a national celebrity, yeah. and you decide to put on a mask and 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 be Tony Clifton or whoever, whatever you're doing, and like you know, uh, try to get someone to fight you, get mad, get mad enough to fight you. Yeah. Is that? How is that not being a bully? Like, I know you can wrap it in a big bag of art mm-hmm. uh, and go like, no, it's a performance. But they didn't know. If someone doesn't know it's a performance yeah, yeah. and you're in on it like, and, and you're sucked into it, I don't know. Some, th- th- this used to be a thing that... Well, that I think th- that's a problem he had with the, with the Tony Clifton character. Because as, as the wrestling character, mm-hmm. you know, everyone who, everyone who was in on what wrestling was, and that's not the audience, because the audience is not... On, was not in on any elements of of, yeah. of the performance aspects of wrestling, so you can't blame Andy Kaufman for not for hiding, you know, how what but wrestling really was. He wrestled really women, and and the women that he wrestled yeah. in the audience, yeah, at least at the beginning, yeah. didn't know that this was. I don't even know if it was a bit, you know, but like <laughs> would come so up and wrestle him, and he's he's I doing, doing it. doing on Saturday Night Live and thinking, what what is this? This is so weird. Like, I know, and then and then when you see or read that. He was sexually turned on by the whole thing and had to like strap That's, himself down because yeah, yeah. he'd get too hard during it. And it's like, how is this not okay? That's kind of weird. Give, give, explain this to me in a way where this isn't a creepy fucking thing. <laughs> well, it is where you're, yeah, yeah. You know, I know that, well, that was my problem with the with the not a problem with the. It's a problem with revealing that much about a person because all of us have creepy elements to ourselves that we don't reveal to people. Sure, you know, so. If someone's going to tell our life story mm-hmm. when we're gone, and they're going to talk about the fact that you know they like to do this, you know that part of their life was private. But is it only? You know what I mean? Like it's not. Uh, it wasn't part of what they carried out into the world. Yeah. It was something that he, you know, he had this weird connection to it. Yeah. That he enjoyed the performance elements of it too, but he also enjoyed it in a different, a different level. You know, and it's weird 
It's, well, you go like, you know, he goes out and he's pretending to be a sexist. Yeah. Supposed to be like, women are, I got the brain. Also a Hollywood women. star. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. big Hollywood. I'm from Hollywood. Yeah, he's I'm putting, a, he wasn't I'm, just putting down women. He was putting down like the South. He sure. was putting down all. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big Hollywood star. Yeah. And women are dumb. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But you feel that people in the audience uh, are there for you to use uh, because you're making entertainment. Mm-hmm. So are you not saying I'm a Hollywood star and I've got the right to fucking do this? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to... Uh, I'm going to get women to come up here thinking they're wrestling me and thinking it's legit. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be violent with them, but in a way that they've said yes to. Yeah. I'm going to get uh, sexual gratification out of <laughs> yes. this. How am I not a sexist? Yeah. You know, I'm pretending to be a sexist, but are you a sexist? Mm-hmm. It seems like you are as well. And I, I get the thing like everyone keeps secrets. I get that. Every, yeah. But this it, it was very public. With the things he was doing. So I think it's fair to go like, well, what was the fucking deal? Yeah. But I don't to, think we knew he went to the Mustang Ranch. Oh, well, that's the least it, of it. Who cares? That is consent. There. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, no, that's going, true. That's I'm just going saying, those like, are things hi, I'd like to give didn't. you sec, uh, sex yeah. for money. Yeah, that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we do here. Sure. So everything that you're saying. But that, I think that would turn your opinion of him as a as a No, that's the least. No, that's the least thing. Because that... Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a woman to come up from the yeah. volunteers to fight me, and I'm gonna yeah, give yeah. you money. I'm gonna give you money to fight me and wrestle me. Yeah. Oh, I could use money. Yeah. I'm going to come up and fight you. Also, you're saying sexist things to me to make me mad. Fine, yeah. I'm gonna fight you, and, but you're not gonna get the money because no, I'm gonna beat you. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. He certainly stacked the deck. Or going to the Mustang Ranch yeah. and go like, I'm going to give you money yeah. to wrestle me and have sex with me. And we're all agreeing to this. And you know what we're doing here, yeah. right? Everyone's agreeing. Everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Fucking A. Let's let's do it. That is 100% better than <laughs> what he was doing, you know, on uh, on camera or, yeah. you know, publicly. Yeah. That's totally legit. Consent's there. You're still get, getting the sexual satisfaction. It's way it's way more legitimate. Uh-huh. Ugh. That's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't mind revealing secrets about people afterwards. You know, like, yeah. I know that's like, you're entitled to your personal thing. I get it. But I think, like, when you reveal the secrets, it, it makes you go like, oh, not that this person's a creep. But it re- you re- it, for the most part, you go like, oh, maybe I did feel a little like that. But I yeah. thought I was wrong to feel that. And, oh, maybe. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I, don't, I think that's fine to reveal stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, yeah, it that, just made me. It just made me sad. <laughs> it just made me sad. I was like, I don't. I, the, I think you're trying to justify really terrible behavior uh, whenever you're talking about Andy Kaufman, and it just becomes this big spin. Whether you're Jim Carrey, yeah. and then Jim Carrey. Well, that's getting into, garbage. Yeah, yeah, and then Jim Carrey getting into character as Andy Kaufman and him being an asshole to people. And like, yeah. well, then you're just showing that this was all a shit show and why is this not bullying yeah yeah you know you're a millionaire for sure jerking around all these people on set yeah Ugh. yeah i did not watch that show but i, I understand what you're saying okay. um yeah i thing that i i enjoy i you know those creepy elements were creepy obviously but um what i thought was interesting about is him is how much everything was about the long game mm-hmm. you know like something like the wrestling women like he started off there but he had like a long, he had a long range vision of what he, where he wanted to go with it. And he took it all the way, you know, all the way to Jerry Lawler mm-hmm. and then getting beaten up by Jerry Lawler. Yeah. And this, the whole, this, the whole thing had this like long arc to it. Yeah. And it's a story that he's telling. There was, I thing. did, I did like how they talked about how he brought wrestling to the mainstream, mm. which he really did. And yeah. that is, that is true. I don't think you would have had that uh, WrestleMania uh you know growing in popularity if you yeah. hadn't had him bringing mainstream acceptance to or attention to it yeah yeah and there's a the thing they mention it briefly in in the book um his fight on fridays 
with the cast members. He was a guest on the show. Yeah. They were doing a restaurant sketch. Michael Richards was the uh, other person in that. Yeah. There, well, there's four, there was four people. Right. But Michael Richards was the guy who threw... Uh, water he, or something? Yeah, yeah he threw water at him. Yeah. There's a couple of incidents of water being thrown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a and, harmless and it's thing like, to yeah. throw. Yeah. yeah. And, and ends you know, the show ends in, in, in a shambles and then... You know, and you're like, oh, because, you know, I used to watch Fridays because sure. I didn't really like it very much, but it, it filled to... time before SCTV started. Yeah, you got six channels. What are you going to do? Yeah, not exactly. watch TV? Yeah. So I, I, could, I could stay up that hour because if I went to bed and laid in red, I would have fallen asleep and missed right. SCTV. There was no VCR in our house, so I had to stay up. So um, You got to see young Larry David. You got to see young Larry David, young Michael Richards, young everybody. And so, young um, Robert Young. Young Robert Young. <laughs> uh, and so young Mighty Joe Young. Ah, it's all tied up. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's just scripted. Uh, so, um, you know, then, then he, you know, uh, a couple of weeks later, he shows up and he's all, he's unshaven and he's sad and he's apologizing for what happened. <laughs> and, you know, his, and he talks about how his life is falling apart and, you know, everything's going wrong and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he's gone for a little while later, lo- longer. And then he comes back and now he's, he's married and he's brought his wife on the show <laughs> yeah. and he's found God and they sing a religious song and they sing a straight religious song. Sure. It's not, it's not funny. It's sure, not sure. a joke or anything like that. You know, it's just a straight, yeah. but you, if you follow the arc, it's just a great bit, sure. you know, and he just seemed to have this love of this long bit, you know, where he's going to be the bad guy and he's going to turn it around. So, but by the time you get to the, the final bit where he's come to the show with his wife and he's singing this Christian song and, and he's born again and blah, 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 you, you're invested in this bit. You're fully invested in this character that he's creating. And yeah, and I feel the same way with the wrestling. And it's, and I just kind of wish that the Brown had kind of left out the whole, he got sexually aroused. I mean, I know it's part of the truth of the story, yeah. but I feel like it kind of, where you're kind of going like, oh, I'm really enjoying this kind of thing that he's creating. And then, <laughs> why would you, oh, that's too bad. See how that happened? Why? Poor women. <laughs> Gosh, God damn it. You know, <laughs> ah, the truth, the truth. They say the truth will set you free. Sometimes it just makes a cage. All right. Let's uh, let's make sure that next week on the show, mm-hmm. we tell no truth. We tell no truth. And you know what? Uh, we do not have any more suggestions for uh, for songs. Ah. So next week, we're going to play uh, my five favorite obscure bubblegum songs that you requested. There we go. A long time ago. All right. So we're going to do that. Uh, folks, uh we really what do you what do you think of andy kaufman let us know uh <laughs> read that book and then say creepy yeah it's- first of all buy sparks then uh, if you need to buy a second book buy the andy kaufman book then what will be weird okay. is is people oh. will go hey people bought uh sparks and uh and is this guy for real that's weird. They used to buy that Dogman book, and now they're buying this book, and everyone will go, what the heck's that? But go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, it seems, it also seems to depend, like, who was important in his life, you know? Like, at his funeral, the cast of Taxi weren't there. Yeah. But some of his people that he, his friends from the Mustang Ranch were there. Sure. His, you know? Uh, a couple of actual, like, professional wrestlers were there that he worked with. Yeah. Uh, were devastated that he was gone, but had to pretend that they weren't. Jerry Lawler who was like one of his best friends from all the time they worked together and, and, and wrestling, What couldn't go to the to the funeral and it broke his heart, but he had to stay in character as Andy's enemy. Yeah. And so he couldn't go to the to the funeral. You know, it's really, it's an interesting element to that story that he created this persona that was so powerful that you couldn't break it. You couldn't break that wrestling code yep. to go to the funeral anyway. So even to this day, people think maybe he faked his own death. Who knows? He, he did suggest that it would be great if he, if someone did that. Yep. There you are. Um, so, folks, 
Again, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com is uh, our email address, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. We're also at SneakyDragon.com. That's our website. Uh, you go there, you leave a message on the message board. Boom. Uh, we'll yeah. probably respond. You can be like Andy Hudson and send us an email with an interesting point, a great point, And uh, we might just read it on the Everyone, board. be like Andy Hudson. And let me just say thanks to Nathan Evans, who also wrote in to say that his, his experience of, of uh, Billy Moomy is as linear on Babylon 5. There you are. I forgot he was on the There's show. There's so much Billy Moomy. All over there. the place. Yep. Uh, hope to interview that him Tom one Cruise, day. That Tom Cruise movie, The Moomy? Uh, we're also on Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr. We're also on, you know, Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon. There you are. Find us there. Find us, find us everywhere that you get dairy products. <laughs> we're usually hanging around in the dairy aisle. <laughs> That's right. We're next to the extra large eggs. We're under the sign cheesy. That's that's not untrue. Uh, thank you so much for listening and giving us uh, so much of your time, especially that 15 minutes for that song. Woo! Uh, I've been Ian. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, go ahead. Like, I've been Ian. You got to say, say, oh. say who you are. And I've been Ian. All right. And next week will be episode 333, <gasps> Halfway to the Number of the Beast. Oh, we'll play half of the Iron Maiden song. Sounds good. See you then. Bye, Bye. everyone. Three, 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 halfway to the beast. It's weird that it isn't Hughley, but Hughley. Yeah, that's the least of his problems.